Wii. I've never listened to an episode, so no. I have no clue. Wii. I think they do weed on that show. They do slice. They do weed. They do slice. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Story Lords, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm Rich, and with me as always is Jeff. Yo. And Josh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hit that Jeff and Josh soundboard. Yo, 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 yo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Our prompts. <laughs> fart sounds, fart sounds. Our prompts this week were actually Revenge and Mountains. Oh, I don't think so, Rich. I definitely did that. I've got my page open where I make my notes, and it says Princess and Disasters, and I've crossed it out and put (laughs) fucking hell. So uh, I did princesses and disasters <laughs> this week. I, I did hot dogs and chimneys. No, I'm serious. I didn't do mountains. Or- Seriously, <laughs> did you do princesses and disasters? Yeah, because I thought this bit would be funnier than it actually is. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, I asked you guys like what the prompts were, and then just nobody really when ah uh, like Saturday. Oh. And then I was like, well, guess I'm doing Princess <laughs> <laughs> well, wait So a I'm going to blame you for not having me look up what they were. I'm going to I'm gonna prove you incorrect right now. Okay, did you answer me and I didn't see it? Maybe. Uh, I'm too lazy to scroll that far up. I'm, I'm in the wrong. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, there's like 86 messages from today. I can't... I'll just take yeah. I'll just take the blame. I'd rather do that than spend the time. Also, who who on Twitter uh, somebody said, I can't wait for princesses and disasters next week and I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Um I was like, I'm doing it. So whatever the prompts are, Jeff's gotta do princesses and disasters next week. Next week. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> yep. Trying to find who said that. Oh, I wanna give him credit for giving me the idea. It's very, it's very I, I, good. Here's here's Guts the thing. Man, at Solo 061 said it. So thanks, Guts Man. Thank you, Guts Man. I cool. love your ass. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember. I distinctly remember, and I don't know. Perhaps the brain is going in my old mm, age. Mm. I remember mm. you saying, uh, "Rich Jeff uh, doesn't remember what the prompts are, so you should probably tell him." And I said, uh, "Josh, tell Rich that Jeff can use these prompts." Is that what is that what you said? Yeah, I remember saying it, but I could have just not oh, typed it and thought it in my I head and chuckled. I again, I probably was just like, "I'm doing this," and then I just erased everything from my brain. Oh yeah, Rich said to tell Jeff the prompts are Revenge and Mountains, and then Josh's next message, uh, two minutes later, was just give him the old boner balls come. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy thinking of my replacement song for the list on Hell Patreon. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, Boner Balls Come is not on Spotify. As Are of you yet. kidding me? As of yet, it's on YouTube. It's it was it the the messages two um, messages lower than that picture of Christina Ricci I sent to the group chat. 
Well, that's why that's I got why screwed up. I know, yeah. We all got mesmerized. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, shit. She's, oh. she's so pretty in that picture as well. I, I, I guess I should take my pants off. Yes, Mrs. Ricci. <laughs> our, our number one fan. Yep. Uh, so, this week... This was all very productive <laughs> to the show. <laughs> this is why we don't have to be funny in the stories, as we're told. Yay! Because <laughs> we've got this. Um, I want to put my pen down because for some reason I keep clicking it like some weird. No, uh... Like the guy from James Bond. Yeah, yeah. I've got some James weird... Bond. Yeah, Alan Cumming. Yeah, Good Alan Cumming. God. Uh, but this week, Josh is going first, and he's promised Woo! us it will be the best story you've ever heard. He's not promised us that. <laughs> I will never promise anything. <laughs> he said, and I quote, if this isn't the best story you've ever heard in your life, better than War and Peace, better than Star Wars, then you can fire me. I remember him saying that. It was just below, it was one message below the picture of Christina Ricci, I said. <laughs> Is War and Peace good? I never uh, read it. Too long. Uh, it's like fucking 70,000 pages. I remember. It's like half a One Piece. I remember. <laughs> I remember there being a lot of names to try and remember, and I ah, just fuck couldn't that. be bothered. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. I feel the same way. Luffy, Nami, Usopp, <laughs> yeah. too many names. Zoro. <laughs> His American counterpart, Zolo. Is that what they call him in America? In the first dub, they called him Zolo. I guess because we couldn't use Zoro. Zoro is definitely in the public domain. There's no yeah, reason I would to change assume, yeah. it. I would assume it was, but... Anyway, is it my turn now? It's, it's it time for a Josh Henderson original. No, no, no. <laughs> Heavy hitters. <laughs> All right. My story this week of princesses and disasters... <laughs> Those were the prompts. ...is called The Seven Stab Mirai. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> The waves slowly beat against the shore as Squib let out a lengthy <gasps> and then took a deep breath and <gasps> Alright, alright, little mutant, Reese said, patting him on the back. Did they did they do the season recap? Can I breathe again? <laughs> Squib said, looking around. They did that last week, Reese's replied. Oh, man, it was so funny. They, like, recapped a bunch of things that didn't even happen in the episodes. <laughs> I was laughing so hard from the other room when they were recording. <laughs> Classic story, Lords. <laughs> Reese said to a complete silence and confusion. <laughs> but Mom, Demi stuttered as she looked up to see an angelic figure looking down at her. She horked up a few lungs full of seawater, like your mama did last night with my very own salty brine. <laughs> oh my god. Ugla sat her up and patted her on the back. Uh, I'm not your mom, kid, <laughs> she said, pat it, uh, patting her, making sure all the seaweed and crap was puked out. Oh, Demi rubbed her eyes. I'm sorry, you just, you look like her. She was beautiful, too. But she didn't have a beard, I don't think. I don't really know, though, since all I have is this drawing of her that my friend Demi patted around her potato sack. Where? Where's my picture? She yelled. 
You mean this? Squib said as he held up a drenched piece of parchment. As it hit the cool night air, it crumbled and withered away like a raging boner at a strip club when the bouncer comes bang- barging into the private dance room and you think, oh shit, am I going to get bounced out of cheerleaders twice in one week? <laughs> oh well, at least the Eagles won. Go birds. <laughs> Fucking hell. That was so specific, Josh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's sort of like Right, what you know. Yeah. <laughs> War and peace, gentlemen. War and peace. Too many names to remember in a strip club. Cheerleaders. Uh, what's the other one? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bob! Debbie yelled as she began to cry. Uh, she could have cried more salt than was all... That was she could have cried more salt than was just blorked up in her lungs, maybe even more than was in the oceans themselves. Just then Buff Cat began to do that cat thing where they're about to puke. <laughs> Finally I almost puked there. Finally, after a lengthy and melodramatic amount of time, he simply puked up this orange colored liquid, followed by a whole fish, followed by a boot, followed by some gold coins, followed by more orange liquid. Mm. Mm. This story's hitting way too close to home Yeah, it's too real (laughs) That problem will take care of itself That's what I think (laughs) when my cat pukes Buff cat, Ugla said going over to him She rubbed his face and held it in her hands And smooched his cutie head I thought you were dead Technically, he's not alive, Reese said, trying uh, <laughs> trying on the puked-up boot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Remember, this is like a liminal junction, uh, dimensional gateway, astral, whatever. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, B? Uglis said, uh, standing up and helping her old friend to his feet. Mew, Buffcat replied. Wow, that's... That's a lot to take in all at once, like was said, <laughs> sitting down. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? Squib said, confused. You don't speak Catanese? Rishi's, Rishi's question with surprise. <laughs> no, I only speak Mandarin. You know the language that all races of men speak, Squib said, almost ashamedly. Is this joke in bad taste? If so, make sure you send your emails to mclassemails at mclassemail.gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight ugly pause to think you were in the future or maybe the past or maybe another dimension and this little girl helped you escape and this future place was run by an evil golden lich ghost demon god and then you went through a portal and you came here mew buffcat said nodding and licking his foot and using it to clean his face <laughs> welp Reese's interrupted now that you have everything you need, little wizard, it's time I send you back to the real world in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't give a shit. Dude, I'm all for, like, wizardly vagueness, but you're about as vague as that guy who did that thing that time and then was never heard from again. <laughs> Fucking genius. <laughs> That's too smart. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> you have all you need, little one, Reese said. You have the child and this huge, scary-looking monster with whiskers and this goblin guy who probably can do stuff, like take an arrow for you if need be. <laughs> Demi was still on her knees on the wet sand. She was numb. Where was she? Her only link to her life had been disintegrated in front of her. Who are these people? 
That cat is kind of cute. But who the hell is this lady with the beard? And this guy with the one boot on? <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine, like, chunks of sick coming out uh, of the top. Uh, uh, I'm going to really throw up. <laughs> All right, all right, Reese, he said. To aid you on your journey, I present you with these fine magical weapons and armor. He did a flourish with his hand as one tiny impotent spark shot out from his finger. First, thusly, I present to you, little potato girl, this potato sack cloak of, uh... Courage, yes, courage. <laughs> <laughs> he again waved his hand at another magical potato sack cloaked Demi in a warm embrace. Did it give her courage? Is placebo a courage? Who knows? Placebo the band. Yeah, oh, yeah that's courage. Definitely courage. Yeah. <laughs> Demi stood up and felt the rough burlap of the cloak. As she ran her hand down the cloak's edge, it became smooth and comforting, like a fleece blanket in wintertime, or like your mama's velvet lap lips in the warm spring <laughs> dew. Oh. Dew spelled like D-O, like I'm a doer. <laughs> <laughs> And for you, Catman, I gift you the fabled Axe of the Glen. My friend Glen left it here, and it's been sitting in my lost and found for eons. Reese's then held out an enormous battle axe with a leather hilt and gems of sapphire. Ugla sighed impatiently and rolled her eyes. <laughs> what? What about me, Mr. the Wise, Squib said, looking up with puppy dog eyes. Got any more of those fancy axes or burlap for me? <laughs> uh, sure, for you, little squid. Squib, sir. <laughs> for you, little squidster. <laughs> I give you this crossbow of infinite ammo. It never runs out of bolts and probably does other things, too. But I didn't read the manual because, fuck, let me shoot some stuff. But if you unlock its secrets, it may serve you well. Maybe at one point even becoming a MacGuffin that gets you and your friends out of a tough jam. <laughs> but I mean, it also has infinite ammo, so like, that's pretty OP if you ask me. <clears throat> all right, all right, enough dilly-dallying. You have the, a realm to save, Reese said. Let me just go inside and get my trans-dimensional quantum calibration self-transducing wormhole generator or magic portal necklace for all you D&D nerds <laughs> out there. Reese's waved his hand and held out a silver trans-dimensional quantum calibration self-transducing wormhole generator. <laughs> As he did, a magical porter, portal back to Darinos appeared. Buff Cat and Squib began to walk through, but, Ugla, but as Ugla crossed the threshold, she looked back at Demi. You coming with, kiddo, or you want to stay here with Grandpa Dunster? <laughs> oh, fucking wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Demi looked up to see the portal's magic listening around Ugla. She could barely make out Ugla's face, but she saw her eyes. In them, she felt calmness. She felt safety. She stood up and gripped her cloak. With all the courage she could muster, she took one step, and then another, and then another, until she got to Ugly. Ugla. Then she held out her hand and grabbed Ugla's. Let's go, Demi said, finally, as they stepped into their fate. Ugla woke up uh, and used her staff to help her get herself up. She rubbed her head. She had a splitting migraine, like she was at cheerleaders after the Eagles game, and drank way too many belly button tequilas. <laughs> She looked around to take stock of where they had landed. Maybe even when they had landed. Then she noticed it. Where's the kid? She said to Squib, who was dusting himself off even though Ugla was pretty sure he was made out of dirt entirely. 
Mew. Buff Cat said, doing that cat head shake thing. Kid! Ugla shouted. Kid, where are you? <laughs> Quiet down there, tall and beardy, a voice said from the bushes. Soon a group of pitchforks were pointed at Ugla. I think I pooped pants, Squid said, <laughs> pulling his pantaloons out and looking down to check. Nope, not my poop. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Demi woke up alongside of a dusty road. The sun hit her face for the first time ever. She looked up, squinting. She was in awe. What could this? Be, what could be this beautiful and make this much light? And it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> this place is wild, she said to herself. <laughs> Suddenly, she heard a whip crack and a scream. She ducked down low and hid behind some bushes and a rock. Slowly, she crept her way along the roadside until she saw a squadron of golden-armored men whipping a bunch of other men in a cage. The cage hung from a tree limb, and the men shouted and skipped about inside as the whip cracked all around them. Please, says, said an elderly elf, we ain't got no more gold, do we? Do we? And we ain't got no more food. And last time you raided our village, you took all of our porno scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> the man pleaded with the knights. Demi ducked down as one knight turned toward her direction. Well then, the knight said in a gravelly voice, we'll just have to go raid farm town again. At this, the men shouted and banged their shields against their swords. Please, sir, the elf groveled. We ain't got nothing left, he cried and sunk back into the cage. The paladins of Darados will be the judge of that, said the knight. These fuckers. Yup. <clears throat> Demi had seen this before. Those with even the tiniest amount of power and the tiniest amount of dick length always wound up <laughs> taking from those who were weak. She grit her teeth and rage shot through her bones. Let them go, she yelled as she jumped out of the bushes. The P.O.D.s stood in silence, and then one by one they all began to laugh. Well, 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 what do we have here? The lead knight said, pilling a glistening jewel-studded gold-hilted sword from its scabbard. I'm... Demi looked down at the length of the sword, and suddenly this seemed like a shitty bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> she gulped and swallowed her fear like I swallowed your dad's lap lozenges last night. <laughs> oh, that is so gross. <laughs> Fuck, that's yeah. sick. Who wrote this? <laughs> Uh, what? You thought this was all about yo mama? Shit, I'm gonna set out to ruin your whole goddamn life. Buckle up, you're gonna need several decades of therapy after I'm done with you. <laughs> so hostile. I'm, Demi gripped her cloak. I'm the potato knight, she said Aww. proudly. The PODs again fell silent and burst out in raucous laughter. Oh, you better watch out, Sarge, one P.O.D. said. All right, potato princess. Ding. There you go. <laughs> In the cage you go with sad elf, sad old elf knight, orc with ugly face knight, and gelatinous cube knight. <laughs> the sergeant said. As though, uh, as he threw Demi in the cage, she hit the gelatinous cube with a thud as it let out a belch. <laughs> Just stay quiet, little one, the old elf said, and pay no mind to Jelly here. He's harmless. All right, boys, we're headed out, the sergeant yelled. As he did, a wagon drawn by eight horses began to pull away, pulling the hanging cage with it. So let me get this straight, Ugla said, sipping a mug of dirt water the locals called beer. You want us... 
to help you defend this village. Farm town, said a kobold wearing a top hat. <laughs> you want us to defend farm town from a bunch of crooked paladins who've been raiding your village of gold, food, and porno mags? Yup, that's the gist of it, said an orc farmer that was different from the one in the cage. <laughs> I appreciate the clarification. Yeah, you need, you, to, you need to know. I would have been like, what, he teleported? <laughs> no, he's in the cage. Why has he got the same voice? <laughs> Said the, said the person who does all the same voices. <laughs> said Grissom Graves. Mew! <laughs> 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 Buffcat interjected. We can't defend ourselves. We can't defend the town ourselves, said the York farmer. We could barely even name this town. Farm town? Took us four weeks to come up with that. <laughs> We're farmers. We don't do anything like fighting and all that fancy hoo-ha. That's why we name things really literal, like like waterhole and sidewalk and big yard fork. The farmer, <laughs> the farmer said as he banged his rake against the floor. You can fight back, Ugla said. With our help, you, you can and will fight back. Boo! Shouted a cowardly farmer who hid behind a stone. <laughs> you can do whatever you set your minds to, Ugla said, standing up, holding up her mug. Shit, orc farmer, you can defend your family and you. Elf farmer, another one. <laughs> you can defend your land. And even you, rat-faced farmer with a dog's body and eczema, and it looks like you don't brush your teeth too often, you can defend your whatever you love, probably cheese or something. Aww, said the farmer. I'm a regular human. I'm just real ugly. Oh, no. Poor guy. Tomorrow, first light, we're going to train you dingus farmers to fight back, Ugla said, sipping the last of her drink and slamming the mug down on the ground. Boo! That was my mom's favorite mug, boo! (laughs) (laughs) The next day, as the sun's first light peeked through the leaves, Buffcat had assembled a ragtag bumpkin brigade in front of the town's (laughs) waterhole and main sidewalk. Bumpkin brigade. Mew, 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 he commanded as they each tried to wield their big yard forks around in various offensive and defensive formations. Mew, Buffcat sighed <laughs> as he rubbed his nose. All right, you pukes, Squib said as he puffed on a corncob pipe and wore a general's hat and aviator sunglasses. <laughs> You're gonna shoot these bows and arrows like your tiny, pathetic puke lives depend on it because they do! Yes, sir, said one farm boy at attention. That's General Admiral Commandant, sir, to you, puke, Squib <laughs> said directly at the boy's kneecaps. Where are you from, boy? Uh, Farmtown General Admiral Guy, sir. Farmtown, huh? I didn't know they stacked poop that high in Farmtown. <laughs> <laughs> Later that evening, this is a disaster. Ding, said. <laughs> you got both of the prompts. The prompts we're using in this episode. Yep, both definitely. of them. Yep. Ugla said, slamming another dirt beer into, dirt beer into her mouth. Mew. Buffcat agreed, agreed drinking his milk cocktail. <laughs> oh, it's white Russian. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all white Russian. <laughs> we got to find that kid, too, Ugla said. The next few days were filled with more training. Squid had updated his rank to dictator for life and given himself every <laughs> award of valor Daranos could give out. They were mostly just bottle caps and ribbons he found in the trash. 
Attention, Farmtown! Boomed a voice over the all-talk stone. This is Sergeant Thaddeus Knuckle Deep of the Paladins of Darados. Please line up in orderly fashion for the weekly tribute and extortion drive. <laughs> Please refrain from giving us any more MILF porn, as we all know that being 35 in this era is actually considered G-MILF porn. And frankly, I've moved on to the whole step-sibling fantasy genre. This is so specific. <laughs> Or strong wagon pulled up with Sergeant Knuckledeep on the back, along with a cage full of prisoners. Ugla, along with everyone else in Farmtown, exited their living cubes and looked out at them <laughs> fear at their weekly tormentors. Kid! Ugla shouted as she saw Demi in a cage. Demi saw her, but then looked away in anger. Anger. Kid! Ugla said telepath- telepathically, probably using magic. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get you out of here. Demi looked at Ugla right in the eyes and thought, Wow, thanks for giving a crap like you care. (laughs) Ugla felt shame. Look, kid, I... This line is for porn that's about clothed male nude female, a POD said, berating a farmer. This is clearly clothed male nude... Clothed female nude male. (laughs) Checks notes, is that right? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Just sit tight, kid, Ugla thought. Farmers of Farmtown, Ugla shouted. Rise up! <laughs> and with that, all fucking hell broke loose. Farmers reached into hay piles and pulled out big yard forks and shovels. One guy even made a bazooka out of some old pipes he found in the woods and was shooting black powder balls out of it and was making that cool thoop noise from Terminator 2 or like when Darth <laughs> Vader puts his helmet on. The P.O.D.s were taken aback completely off guard. Sergeant Knuckle Deep unleashed his sword and began to hack at anything that looked dirty enough to be poor. (laughs) (laughs) He struck down Elf Farmer and then killed a Dwarf Farmer. The blood on his sword dripped down into the dusty town square as he seethed with anger. You backward ass! Farm ass, hillbilly ass, yokos, he shouted as he dragged his sword on the ground and raised it up just in time to block a rake from striking him. Sorry, big yard fork. (laughs) (laughs) He parried the blow and swung around holding the sword at his side, sliding it in the ribs of another orc farmer. Ugla unleashed sandals and began to hack away at the troops. She was surrounded by three PODs who were laughing as they approached, thinking they outnumbered the wizard, their overconfidence would be the last thing that would go through their brains. Well, second to last thing, as Ugla's katana sliced one dude's face clean off. Like, literally. Like that movie Face Off. She cut downward, and you could see, like, his eye sockets and tongue and stuff. It was so fucked up. It's probably on Live League. It was so fucked up. <laughs> Come on, Demi said to her cellmates. We gotta get out of here. Jelly, can you hork up that fork, please? Jelly began to dry heave, and slowly the fork that was digesting inside of his goo began to rise to the surface. With one last ackum, the fork spat out, <laughs> sizzling on the cage floor. Thank you, Jelly, Demi said as she began to pick the locks of their shackles with the fork. Fire! Squib said as his archers fired a unison, in unison a volley of arrows from atop barns and homes of the people of Farmtown. It's... It almost brought a tear to his eye to see his troops fight this hard for their supreme dictator god emperor. 
<laughs> if only tears were the ultimate sign of liberal weakness invented by the lying liberal media, he oh, thought. no, Squid. <laughs> He's Suddenly too far gone. gone. He's too far gone. <laughs> Suddenly a flail through... Uh, wait, wait. Suddenly a flail flew up and hit Farmboy right in the face, caving in half his, of his homely visage. Farmboy, no! Squib shouted as he ran over to the raw recruit. I'm, I'm sorry, Farmboy said as he coughed up blackened blood from the gaping wound in his face. He struggled to get out his final words as the blood pooled down into his trachea. Did, did I do good, Admiral General, sir? He said. As the dull brown of his eyes gave way to stillness and stillness and a death rattle, you you did good, farm boy. Squib said, sobbing. He took a, a bottle cap and ribbon from his general's coat and pinned it to farm boy. <laughs> you did real good. Oh my god! This is the Oscar bait scene right here. <laughs> this is like Saving Private Ryan, but better. Got it, Demi said as each and every chain rattled loose, including the one that was around Jelly. Well, it was more inside Jelly being digested, <laughs> but it opened nonetheless. Demi opened the cage door and helped Old Elf Farmer out. Orc Farmer was next, and he ran off to grab a weapon to use against the invaders. Jelly slorped out after them and glorped his way behind some barrels to safety. Demi looked across the town square and saw Sergeant Dick Knuckles slaughtering <laughs> farmers left and right. <laughs> Dick Knuckles? I don't know. <laughs> Ugly was to his left, finishing off the last of her attackers. She used sandals to hack through the soldier's own sword and then kicked his knee out from him, breaking it like Joe Theismann style. <laughs> As he fell on the ground in agony, Ugla raised up sandals and cleaved the soldier in half from shoulder to hip. Just then, a gnome farmer on a rickety old hog of a boner cycle revved through the town center. In the sidecar was Squib, his crossbow firing off shot after shot, wearing the aviators but ditching the Generalissimo hat for a red do-rag. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little friend, he said as he shot bolt after bolt. Her name is Claire and she let me ride her boner cycle. Ah! <laughs> he shouted, killing a few PODs. Hi, I'm Claire, the gnome said, waving and then running over a paladin. She then did a breaky over his face and let the acid of the hog slam down onto his peener. Oh. Then she did a burnout on his peener oh. until it caught fire from the friction. Some <laughs> say to this day that when the moon is full, you can still hear the scream of a disembodied peener in that very town center, yelling out in agony accompanied by the smell of burning peener flesh and old and bone rubber. <laughs> it's haunted. It's so haunted. Yeah. <laughs> Buffcat said as he ran behind a barn. Two paladins gave chase as they turned the corner to uh, to the back of the building as a hulking monster of a buff creature began to rise up. It towered over them and dr as they dropped their spears and pissed pants. Buffcat grabbed the battle axe on his back and with one hand threw it at both paladins. It hit one and split him in, ha in twain. His legs fell before his torso as his upper body hair hung in the air for a second, spilling his intestines out on the ground. <laughs> oh, fuck. The axe didn't stop there, though. It continued on its trajectory, cutting down tree after tree after tree. <laughs> Buffcat, <laughs> mew, Buffcat said in awe. Aw, oh, kitty cat, what are you going to do now that you don't have your axe? Mocked the other paladin, but Buffcat just held up his paw. As the paladin approached, spear at the ready, he never saw it coming. The axe returned, Captain America style, <laughs> cleaving, 
<laughs> cleaving a path right through the paladin's head. Buff Cat caught it smoothly and said, Pew! <laughs> You're welcome, Buff Cat! Glenn the ghost away! Said a ghostly apparition as it flew back into the axe. <laughs> Enough! Sergeant Knuckle Deep shouted. As he did, Demi, uh, as he did, he pulled Demi by the hair and held his sword at her throat. The town went quiet. Ugla flipped sandals around and blood sprayed off her blade onto the dust. Stop, uh, stop right there, she-witch, he said. Let her go, shitbag, Ugla said. You don't deserve, deserve to wear that armor, nor do you deserve to wield a flame sword. Ha 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 ha, flame sword, Sergeant laughed. This is crucifist. He held the sword up high. Its gems glistened in the light. I have used this sword to carve my way through Darinos, taking what I want, when I want. There's no law anymore. There's no order. Only power. That, Ugla interrupted, is a flame sword. No wonder you don't know that, know that though. Flame swords only work for those pure of heart and true of, to justice and helping others. Enough, woman, wench, bitch, girl, said Knuckle Deep. <laughs> <laughs> Holding the sword to, sword to Demi's throat, I'm going to kill this child if you don't give us what we want. You better let her go before I go back in time and cut your dad's nuts off so that you'll never be born, or like you'll be born a different person, maybe even a liberal person. Silence! Knuckle Deep <laughs> said as he kicked Demi out in front of him. Raising his sword, he bared down on the helpless child, then clang! Sandals' blade rattled in Demi's ears as the metal on metal vibrated through her skull inches from her head. With an artful twist, Ugla shot the paladin sword up in the air while spinning around and lopping off his sword arm. You liberal cock! shouted <laughs> Knuckle Deep. <laughs> Blood shot from his arm, Yojimbo style. Fuck yeah. As the sword fell back down to earth, Demi grabbed it perfectly like she was destined to be standing right there. As she gripped the handle, she felt heat. Then she felt the smooth rush of power surge up the blade. Then whoosh! The blade ignited. The farmers gasped as Demi held the sword up high. She looked at it, squinting at its bright magnificence. Do it, kid, Ugla said, nodding to Demi. Ah! Demi screamed a righteous scream and plunged the flame sword into the paladin's chest plate. Its heat pierced the armor easily. As the sergeant gurgled his last, Demi flipped her hair out of her face and looked into his eyes. Fear. He was terrified. But she wasn't. She was justice. <laughs> the sergeant shouted <laughs> as the flame sword began to cook him from the inside out. Encased in armor, the heat began to build up to a hot red glow. The flames rose from up under his armored collar to engulf his face until the flesh and corruption was literally burned away, leaving only dust and ash. Oh, fuck, cheese it, the other paladin said as they scattered. <laughs> Yo, someone cooking bacon out here? Goddamn, Work Farmer said as he walked over <laughs> to what was left of the sergeant. Oink, oink, motherfucker, he said as he drew his boot down onto the skull of the sergeant, crushing it into dirt. Dust to dust, motherfucker. <laughs> as Ugly Squib and Buffcat, as Ugly Squib, Buffcat, and Demi waved goodbye to Farmtown, they set off down the dirt path. Along the road, birds chirped and murk monks fucked their wives. <laughs> Demi breathed it all in. So much green. Hey, kid, Demi said, kneeling down. I, uh, I really screwed up. 
I've been so focused on everything else, like saving the world and Reese's dumb fucking shit, that I forgot the real important stuff. Helping others. Demi looked down at uh, her new flame sword. It's okay. I shouldn't have tried to save those farmers by myself with at least a knife or maybe a laser gun or something if they've been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to name your sword, Uglass? Hmm, Demi thought. Cynthia. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cynthia? Uh, Cynthia? Squib said, turning around. It was my mom's name, Demi said. Cynthia is a fine name for a sword, Uglas said, patting Demi on the shoulder. All right, boys, we're going home, Uglas said, turning around. Where's home, Demi asked. Grawl, Taco Bell, Squib, and Uglas said simultaneously. <laughs> yes, Grawl, I, I was going to say that too. <laughs> Squib said, looking around innocently. As the other pressed forward, uh, on the road, Demi slowly opened her pack. Meep, meep, meep. A tiny gelatinous cube said, jiggling with excitement. Shh, Jelly, you're going to get us in trouble, <laughs> said patting the small cube on the head. The end. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Demi's going to need so much therapy. <laughs> Perhaps this was her therapy. Yeah. Killing a piece of shit cop, that's therapy. Yeah. That's what I want yeah. far more than therapy yep. for myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cheaper, but more expensive in the long run. I yeah, told you. True. Pay, uh, powdered glass in the drink. That's what we need. That's right. That's what we need. What is that? Powdered glass. When you scrunch up glass until it's like a fine powder and it makes loads of like tiny abrasions on the way down. To oh, does, is that what they did? Yeah. I didn't know they Tell did Tell our that. listeners how exactly to do this. Yeah. Step by step, please. No, I like what kind of glass is it? I think the journey is the important thing. Once you're once you're <laughs> a true, you need to you need to embrace that psychopathic journey, and then try and kill someone with some powdered glass. That... Anywho, what a great <laughs> only... story. I... Yeah, we're only two episodes into this season, but, like, fuck, I love Demi. She's, like, my new favorite character. <laughs> yeah, I like her, I too. love, like, sad street urchin becomes badass with flaming sword. Yep. I like that squib. I was gonna, like, wait, but then I was like, yeah, just get the sword right yeah, away. Don't, I don't like don't waiting wait. for swords. Don't wait. Yeah. Um, I love that squib went full um, Arnold Rimmer the moment he got any sort of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. man. Squib. A holographic <laughs> character would be really fun now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know if they have holograms. I guess you could do like a ghost. That's a hologram. Look, they have holograms. It's just called magic. Yeah. G- Glenn is a hologram. Yeah. He's a ghost. That's true. He's a ghostogram. I think we're going to see Glenn again. I Does Glenn that. live forever in the axe, or did he peace out? Well, he went back in the axe. He's like a genie. He's an axe genie. <laughs> He's yeah, perfect axe wizard. <laughs> Shout out to fan of the program, the axe yeah, wizard. Yeah. That's that's somebody who listens. This is full on shower. Now that story. Episode. The story fucking rolled. Yeah, it was man. great. I'm glad that you got the the right prompts in there. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> the only prompts I'm glad I read. that are all season. Yep. <laughs> the ones that we don't even have on the list. I wasn't going to be the one that fumbled this joke, so I, I went with it. <laughs> I was like, it's too good. 
You know how you convince yourself that something unfunny is really funny? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone that um, has listened to the last episode and commented and on and said how funny that intro was, and we didn't even mean it to be funny. No, that's that's the beauty of it. That's, that's the trick. The the more, if you try to be unfunny, you'll be funny. Yeah. That's right. The natural humor of the lords. <laughs> I definitely know a lot about tricking yourself into thinking something's funny because mm. I do live with me. <laughs> yes, I also live with myself, and most of my day is filled with that's funny, but really it's, <laughs> it's not. I gotta write that down for later when I'm on the podcast. <laughs> when I'm, yeah. Uh, and I never do. Excellent story, Thank buddy. You. Yeah, that fucking rolled. Yeah. You were you were making a mockery of yourself when you said that it was not going to be a high note to start on, but like always, you're absolutely full of shit. Man, making a mockery of myself is what I'm best at. That is at. true. That is true. I, I'm a I'm a huge fucking fan of the Seven Samurai setup for the episode. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was talking about it to somebody this past week, and I was they had never seen it, what? and I was like, you know, you should watch it, but like, it's like. Four hours. Yeah, long. set aside an <laughs> evening. Yeah. yeah. Watch it in two parts. I don't get why people were yeah. angry about the length of films. Just watch it in two parts. I don't get it either. Like, honestly, if it's good, I'll watch. Oh, damn. I'll watch, I, I like, get more film yeah. for the same amount of money? Fuck yep. this studio. How yeah. dare they? I think that's why people love The Lord of the Rings so much. It's, it's just, it never ends, and it's just great. Yeah, there was, there was a great meme, and everybody loves it when you say uh, visual memes on a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But it was uh, the scene where uh, Theoden and Aragorn are overlooking, like, the tents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it says, uh, the new Lord of the Rings cut is going to be 16 hours long, half as much as I'd hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a short film sometimes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes there's nothing better than a 90-minute movie. Completely condensed, yeah. like, normally involving some 80s star like Arnold Schwarzenegger killing people. I'm all for that. Yeah. But I'm all for... Like, every well, movie should be the length that it needs to be. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't matter if that's short or long. Yeah. Just like every dick should be the length it needs exactly. to be. 12 inches. A tight 12. 16. 16. <laughs> half as much as I'd hoped for. <laughs> half as much as I'd hoped for. <laughs> oh, man. Right. We're going to take a break, and then part two will come after part one, surprisingly. <laughs> wow. Figured it out, finally. <laughs> Bye. Episode 28. Yeah, Pete, love it. Uh, cricket man, cricket man, cricket man. It's not uh, even my turn. 
Our prompts for for part two of the episode is Revenge and Mountains. Yes! (laughs) Uh, My story is called Home Sheet Home. (laughs) What? Hmm. Broke Peace was a place... Shit, I hit my mic. (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah. Broke Peace was a place riddled with contradiction. A contradiction like how Elon Musk got to control three of the most influential companies in their field with the emotional intelligence of a 13-year-old incel with an axe body spray deficiency. (laughs) Damn. Fuck you, Elon Musk. (laughs) Oh, wait. That's not complicated. His parents just gave him fuck tons of money and no moral code. Yeah, Mm. from the slave mines that he ran. Broke Peace's hodgepodge melting pot of alien cultures and lifestyles was unlike anywhere else in the galaxy. Norngard techno temples and hub sanctuaries sat comfortably next to Velotanian sex houses and dust bars, both sandwiching the Union planets. <laughs> dust <Both> sa- bars? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all find doing? out. Maybe not this episode. <laughs> uh, both sandwiching the Union planets, government buildings, green spaces, and. Uh, What's a good building to demonstrate the middle ground? Massage (laughs) libraries? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. That'll do. It's not like I have a consultant to help me me with this writing now, is it? Look, you think of something if you're that clever. Oh, wait. (laughs) Literally anything else. All right. You win this round, listener. (laughs) (laughs) Rich is going through some things this episode. The settlement was formed over 300 years ago, on the site of the final conflict of the Galactic War, a battle named the Final Battle of the Galactic War. <laughs> Damn, Farmtown made this name for the- <laughs> Man, I got, I got that wrong on the history exam the other day. <laughs> the war itself had been fought over the most valuable of resources, more valuable than fuel, or food, or territory. This war had been fought... Over sweet ass. Oh, yeah. It was said that a voracious teen Velitanian princess had seduced a Norn lord and stolen his virginity away before an arranged marriage that would have settled some border disputes. And after a century of fighting, the hapless exploring humans of the unionised planets did what humans did best, stuck their big fucking noses into other people's business. This sounds like all of European history just (laughs) rolled up into one story. Life art imitating life, right? Yeah. (laughs) They stupidly and well-meaningly tried to save a Feldar transport from destruction in the Vale and got themselves introduced to the two biggest powers in the known universe by way of a half a century of interstellar war. Then as quickly and as pointlessly as it had started, it stopped. And no one but the powers that be knew why. When the dust settled, both figuratively, figuratively and literally, as a lot of drugs were consumed at the signing of the treaty... (laughs) (laughs) Broke Peace was named an independent and neutral territory for all as a sign of collaboration and because dead civilians had been exceedingly bad for profit lines at large corporations yeah there were (laughs) it is European history it's like this is how World War I started and ended there were two main conditions for peace. The first was the installation of an independent and anonymous judiciary force, picturing the three main galactic powers, a force named the Pillars of Alima. The second was a democratically elected leader of Broke Peace. Given the 500 years of bloody conflict and all-around distrust and hatred, 
any reasonable person, Ethan Grofgar the Reckless of the Ginger Planet, <laughs> who lost the Battle of Hanar right. when he ordered his entire fleet into a nearby sun when he thought the light was a direct attack on his people. All right. <laughs> I'm feeling directly attacked right now. Oh, no, wait. Wait, is this Story Lords? Is Rich able to defend himself against racism and anti-British sentiment? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm full of anti-British sentiment, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called 1776, pussy! <laughs> USA! USA! 9-11! How, How uncouth. <laughs> um, any reasonable person would have believed it nigh on impossible. But the three empires did something extremely uncharacteristic. They gave the nomadic people of the Vale a vote. And when the Norn, the Velet and the Union Planets voted for themselves, the Feldar people voted for the people that tried to help them during the war. One act of charity, paying dividends. And so, Mm. the Union had controlled broke peace for nearly almost 300 years, to the point where the five-yearly vote seemed as pointless at prayers as prayers at J.K. Rowling's eventual deathbed. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Dark. I was going to use Kirsty Alley, and then I was like, Kirsty oh, Because she was a, a massive scumbag. But, uh, yeah, she, she did. Like, yeah, she was, at, at the end, she was nuts, Yeah, dude. and then I decided, yeah. uh, J.K. Rowling's funnier. Uh, the Union... I totally forgot she died. She's oh, well. Now. <laughs> oh, well. The Union were now voted for by all four parties, mainly due to the proven impartiality and success of Union rule, uh, the Velet and Norn not wanting the other party to take control, and the fact that the Union had made it a capital offence to not say thank you when someone holds a door open for you. Oh my god. Capital offence. Oh my god, it's like (laughs) Wawa. The current ruler of Broke Peace was none other than Kellen's own father, Corvus Amray. As Kellen watched Sweet name. Fucking Corvus Amray. It's no knuckles deep. Dick knuckle or whatever his name was. Whatever the fuck his name was. As Kellen watched the planet of Alima grow large through the view screen of Raf's ship, the Gloombreaker, she was simultaneously hit with a deep joy at the sight of the crystal buildings and blue oceans, and intense anxiety of having to face her family again. I mean, isn't that just a family gathering? <laughs> Yep, I was at one on Sunday, and it was horrible. (laughs) Yay! Raph caught her clutching her stomach uncomfortably. If you are going to vomit, I suggest you do it in the airlock. That way, I can space the mess and the offender at the same time. Damn! God damn. It's just just felt more real since we left Agent Princess back on Velet. Kellen... Chewed on her fingernail. I've written the word shooed, and I was trying to figure out what that was. Kellen Rich, you don't have to write your accent. Your <laughs> accent just is. Um, do you think they'll treat me any differently? Considering you are still a burdensome troublemaker with all the use of lipstick on a horse's asshole, I think Jeez! <laughs> Raph stuck, stuck the ship on autopilot and spun her chair around with a tired sigh. I once returned home after a difficult ordeal. Everything felt wrong. The passage of time felt more keenly by me than others due to my age. On reflection, given the circumstances, my family tried their best. 
but parents are not infallible, regardless of what ideals we have as children. They are stupid idiots, just the nope. same as we are. Nope. <laughs> Kellen sat. I, I guess that makes me feel a little better. Raph grunted. It wasn't meant to. You are going to have a terrible, awful day. But at the end of it, you'll be stronger to face the next terrible, awful day. I hate this job. <laughs> this is a great pep talk. <laughs> You're an inspiration, Raph. Kellen rolled her eyes and left the cockpit to grab her bags. Raph stared after her. Gods, I hope not, child, she whispered. <laughs> the spaceport had changed, but Kellen asked herself if that was because she felt so much older now. She looked at the public park where she used to meet her friends and smoke weed, or the shake shop where she would moan about her studies with the girls and smoke weed, mm -hmm. or the hypercade where she would pretend she was a poor urchin so she could use her fighting training to hustle much older guys in VR co kickboxing and smoke VR weed and smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> you could... It's just legal to smoke weed anywhere in this world? You yeah. can go to the hypercade and smoke weed? That's dope. It's it is rolls. <laughs> she, earned a pretty yeah, penny that, she earned a pretty penny that summer and spent it on all the things that most teenagers would in her position. Copious amounts of recreational drugs and video games. Mm. Wrath pushed her onwards. It looks small and insignificant because you saw your sister vanish in front of you and you've been away and seen beyond all this. Stop pretending it's something new. You're not J.D. Salinger. You're just a normal child. <laughs> We've all heard that. <laughs> if I had a nickel. As she wondered how Wrath had read her mind, Kellen watched a group of hot guys approach them with bodies and arms ripped straight out of her less repeatable swimsuit catalogued daydreams. <laughs> Speaking of wet, Wrath, hubba hubba. <laughs> Hubba came back. Could, it, it all comes it back around. <laughs> yeah, you could say hubba hubba and nobody makes fun of you. Getting thrown in the lockup for sexual harassment would not be the least glorious way to return home. Raph started before Kellen pretended to drop something and bent over in front of the men. <laughs> Damn. This well is done. a realistic depiction of a woman, Rich. <laughs> Fucking thirsty, man. She's a woman in power. She can do whatever the yeah. hell she wants. Yeah. Well done, Rook. You found new depths to plumb. I'd let him plumb my depths, Kellen said yep. under her breath. <laughs> yep. Yep. What? Come on, Raph. It's been a long year. I've gone through more batteries on that space station than ration packs. Jesus. And this lady's got a problem. <laughs> Why doesn't she get one that you charge into the wall? It's, it's, it's paradise, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> At last, something to put on the Amore coat of arms. Raph shook her head. <laughs> uh, excuse me, ma'am, the lead man said as he stopped in front of them and stopped clicking his hip... Uh, and stopped. He stopped in front of them and stopped. That's perfectly right, isn't it? Yep, he stopped in yep. front of them, clicking his heels together like a tin soldier. Uh, I am Lieutenant Brainham, here to escort you back to the Capitol building under a low profile. <laughs> More low profile than us not walking with a group of five burly men in armour standing so straight it looks like they have their stiffies in their waistband, Kellen smirked. <laughs> <laughs> now that I can relate to. The child has a point, Raph nodded. Also, I intended to, re to report to Mount Barbarus before I checked in with the general and Duke Amore. Oh god, not Barbarus, thought Kellen. The home of the pillars. 
the joyless ones would sit in their circles of stone and debate for hours about morality and strategy and the ways of the universe and which colour was better, pebble grey or battleship grey or whatever. (laughs) Kellen fought it over. That would be slightly preferable to seeing her family again. Uh, Sorry, Lady Raff, I... uh... The man was clearly terrified. He was clearly outranked by Wrath, who could legally skin him and use his bones to turn him into a human pop tent if she wanted to without any repercussions. You know, I would love to see that. (laughs) Wow, stuck between a cock and a hard place, aren't you? Kellen smiled, enjoying (laughs) enjoying the pomp and circumstance of it all come crashing down around them. Raph sighed. We'll visit the family first, if only to watch Duchess Amre here squirm a bit. So, you're back then, Targus said, his arms crossed across his political garb. As the older brother and firstborn of the family, he had been given two options as a child military or senate. Targus of course chose politics and at the grand age of 20 was a willing dog's body in the Velatean embassy. He would move into a Lehman political office next year with a position that would no doubt match his inflated ego. Kellen foresaw more than a few scandals in his future. More like Blargus. (laughs) Looks like the exposure to politics has kept your wits extra sharp brother, Kellen said. (laughs) What are you doing here? You couldn't have possibly run out of arses to stick your nose into. Ew. You haven't changed, Rook. Targus smiled. Still the same old Kellen. The adopted sister who thinks she's better than a true highborn. Another year older and just as rough around the edges. Better to be a turd than a polished turd, your lordship. Raph entered the room <laughs> and threw a bag down on the floor between them. Does the Velatean embassy have any business here today, or did you just want your picture in the papers next to Daddy? Kellen, Damn. Kellen laughed. Oh, get wrecked, little Lord Limp Dick. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Targus's pointed face turned a brilliant shade of red. You you can't talk to me like that, Raph. You're a pillar of a lemur, and you are... She pointed to her chest. Impartial. Autonomous and not answerable to pimply little piss ants with delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> piss ant is such a good insult. It is. Raph sat down on the chaise long that probably cost more than she would make in her whole lifetime and put her muddy boots atop it. She made a mock bow. <laughs> Fuck your couch! Fuck <laughs> your couch! <laughs> she made a mock bow. Will that be all, my lord? Targus stormed out his hands in clenched fists by his side and slammed the door, making the whole room shake. Oh, the whole, house. the whole well-appointed drawing room shake. It was all Kellen could do not to shriek with laughter. Um, that wasn't sensible, came a small voice in the back of the room, and Kellen noticed two small shoes sticking out from the bottom of the curtains bordering the large window that looked out onto the grounds. Tar- Targus is mean after he's embarrassed. Kellen ran to the curtains and reached her hand inside to tickle the body behind it. You sneaky little bug. You shouldn't listen to grown-ups when they don't know you're here. Rin pulled the curtain back, his button nose crinkled in confusion. But then how will I ever find out anything? No one tells me anything. He looked up at yeah, her. Yeah, because you're a kid. Stupid little kid, that's why. No, you don't need to know about stuff. Yeah, just, just the, play, the, you moron. The... The fucking anger in Rich's voice when a child shows up is always so palpable. <laughs> this show is nothing but therapy and catharsis for us. 
you've been gone a long time, sister. I've broken a lot of your stuff. Her brother, her brother had lost some of the cuteness that he possessed when he was smaller, but that was for the best. As fourth-born, Rin would be given education or health. Lisping and pronouncing your R's as W's wouldn't get you much credibility in those professions. It she... does with me, which... <laughs> she poked him in the guts and made him chuckle. Of course you did, you little weasel. Where are the oldies, bug? Rin, point... Rin pointed to the door in the waiting room in the office beyond. They've been talking about you all morning, morning, Kellen. She kissed her brother's mop of blonde hair and stepped towards the office. Well, time I stoked those fires a little bit. You'll, <laughs> you'll wait for me, won't you, Raph? But when she turned back, Raph had already left, a trail of muddy boot prints leading back out of the room. General Etty Amray looked at the plate of velleté and cream puffs her husband had brought her and wondered if a third would make her burst out of her breastplate. I hope so. Why Why had the gods given her enough willpower to command an interstellar army, but not to resist sugary demons? Some people love cream pies. It's just the way they are. Etis Amray. Etty Amray loves cream pies. You heard it here first. Corvus. <laughs> she got four kids. She must. <laughs> Corvus Amray, the Duke of Brokepeace, her husband and best friend, stroked his immaculate beard and then plonked himself down into the chair at the far side of her office. He was restless and he crossed and uncrossed his legs. I, um, I got word from the guard. She's back. What, what time do you think she'll be here? Etty smiled wryly, trying not to look Corvus in the eyes. All their conversations about Kellen ended in argument late, lately. I asked Raph to bring her right to us, but you and I know Raph only does what she thinks is best for her. Corvus exhaled, exhaled a laugh, then gave Etty a stare. Well, we can't blame Raph for being self-motivated given the circumstances. She has quite a large stake in this. Corvus's face softened. I'm glad Kellen is back though, aren't you? No, she should have stayed away. Corvus stood. He was clearly annoyed, but not at her. I'm sure she'll love to hear you say that, Etty. Etty hated this, this talking. She wasn't one for sharing feelings and having conversations and human things. Is she a redhead, Rich? (laughs) I mean, maybe. Well, he, he said inhuman, that's implied. <laughs> Put a God rifle and a claymore in her hands and she, she, and she would convey her feelings accurately enough. When you maimed an enemy, they knew exactly how you felt. There were days when conflict was far easier than family. She is a redhead. <laughs> you know what I mean, Corvus. Corvus, we should send her back to the station and leave her there until we can sort all this. Nice to know things never change. Parents are still dicks and make decisions about their kids when they're not in the room. Whoopsie! Kellen pushed the door to Etty's office open. It had been ajar. How long had she been there? Kellen nodded to each of them in turn. Dad? General? Corvus went (laughs) to his daughter and swept her up in his arms and grabbed her face to look at her, assessing each feature in turn. He was such a good father. It made Etty's eyes momentarily water until she blinked their horrid feelings away. You have no idea how glad I am to see you. I've missed you so much, Corvus said. Glad one of you has. Gods, Kevin looked at her with such unbridled hatred. But her daughter had become so beautiful, the awkward, lofty teen she had been, now a live and striking young woman. Etty wanted to go to her, but she stood firm. There was a time and a place. 
and this was neither. Etty breathed a deep sigh. They were so similar, so eager to fight, to give a killing blow with each sentence. Though Kellen, <laughs> though Kellen wasn't born to the family, and though parents weren't meant to have a favourite, but absolutely did, Etty wondered if she loved Kellen the most out of all of her children. Kellen, you have some matters to discuss with your mother, but I'll be waiting outside for a quick chat. Corvus went to grab his overcoat and walked as he talked, never a fan of doing one job when two could be done. I have business in the Senate with the Feldar. They're coming around to the idea of joining the Union. Etty rounded her desk, suddenly overcome. She held her husband, too much to say in too little time. Corvus, do, do you have to? Can't you send another in your place, today of all days? Corvus smiled, then kissed his beloved on the forehead. Etty, you know I have to go. There's too much at stake if I don't. You'll both be fine. He looked I don't like this. He looked over to Kellen and gave her a wink, <laughs> then turned and left, closing the giant doors to Etty's Dead office. Dead man walking. Well, yeah. I mean, the reason you might not like it is because I've realised I've not told a joke for about two pages. No, you said... Never mind. Was, you're writing like Frank and Frank Herbert <laughs> over here. you got to tell us what's happening. It's, it's necessary. So you didn't want me to come home, huh? What's the matter? Am I a tarnish on one of those medals you pinned to your chest plate? Maybe they Damn. can give them. Maybe perhaps they can give you a new one for the most inconsistent mother. Or maybe it's just easier to shove the kids you didn't birth under the rug. Whoa, God damn. This is awkward. <laughs> Why are we still here listening to this? <laughs> Let's go to the cafeteria. <laughs> Etty put her head in her hands. It was just the same as when they'd sent her to the watch station. Kellen's pain was so raw, so exposed. This wasn't how she wanted things to go. You were sent out there for your own good, Kellen. Kellen picked up a cream cake and shoved it into her, into her mouth in one. Yeah, yeah, it worked wonders. I worked on my novel, got some sick abs, started eating right. And here I was, thinking that you sent me out there because you blamed me for my sister's death. Damn. You can't believe that. Etty was dumbstruck, her mouth agape at the venom. She stood and walked to Kellen, putting a hand on her daughter's shoulder. You were sent away to keep you safe. Kellen pushed her mother's hand away. You know what they say. Whatever doesn't kill you either makes you immunocompromised or completely distrustful of everything you once loved. They do say that so often. <laughs> I've seen that on a Live, Laugh, Love placard. Yeah, yeah it's on a bumper I saw it on sticker. A... Yeah. <laughs> Etty forced her daughter into the chair, then perched on the end of the desk. She blew out air and waited until Kellen was looking at her. Asher's death wasn't your fault. Don't goodwill hunt in me, mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to know the classics have survived (laughs) in the future. Kellen laughed a sick laugh. You're not nearly as lovable as Robin Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Etty stood and turned away from her, tired of this. You are impossible. I lost a daughter, just as you lost a sister. We were grieving. So you sent me to the border so you didn't have to look at me. No, we did it to save your life. Etty had said too much, a hand rushing to her mouth. Kellen looked afraid and Etty was unable to let things stay like this. She put a hand to her daughter's. Kellen, your life was in danger because of what happened. Because of an accident? Kellen threw her head back and laughed hard. You fed me some shit before, mother, but this is the dung souffle of lies. (laughs) 
Where was this? All right, I'm super hungry. Now. Where was this brown nugget come from then? <laughs> Etty had come too far. She had to tell her now. Raph told us. Kellen stood, her face twisted by hate and betrayal. Much as she'd hate to admit it, Raph was probably one of the only people Kellen could call friend, even if she was a massive dickhead. So, <laughs> to feel so betrayed by her would be like salt in the wound. She resolved right there to tell the pillars that she had taken her to see the rift in the veil. She would have revenge, petty or otherwise, for her lie of omission for this whole entire year. <laughs> Etty reached for her, but she pulled away. We'll just see about that. Kellen marched out of the office with such a fury that she slammed straight into her father, who had been waiting outside. Whoa! Where's the fire? Corvus said, holding his hands up to his daughter. Kellen strode past him, not even slowing. I'll speak to you later, Dad. I've got to have a word with Raph, and the word is fucking ass whooping. <laughs> Good luck. Is that like a hyphen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Kellen, Corvus shouted after the, after her. As Kellen broke into a run, she shouted back over her shoulder. Later, Dad. Bye, daughter, he said. The climb up Mount Barbarus had been extremely tiring, not made easier by the tourists that were attempting the climb, asking Raph for selfies on t- or tips on how to reach the top. Every climb time, up it. <laughs> every time someone asked, she would use a dagger to snip the oxygen feed on the tanks so they would have to turn around and return what home. What the fuck? Jesus fucking cr- Well, her name That's- is Raph. It's like attempted murder, maybe? <laughs> Not that they would have been able to get there anyway. They were hit, There were hidden tunnels and tricks only the initiated could find on the mountain. No one but mm. the pillars and their attendant could make it up to the summit. And that was the point. And when she got to the top, she entered the adjoining chamber to the quiet hall and crossed to what the word used to call the well of internal stick-up arseness. Mmm. The idea was that to clean... <laughs> the idea was to clean yourself of outside biases. You would take a dipper of water and wash the armour you could never remove in another's company. It was grade A bullshit, but she did it anyway to avoid being ostracised by her fellows. In the But that water tastes like a spoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really metal. In the water, douse your sin before the shitstorm does begin. (laughs) What? These ancient hollowed words. (laughs) Hello, Grawp, Raph said without turning. The attendant of the pillars, Grawp, lived here amongst the pillars, serving as their butler, their cook, and the person who always organised the collections for birthdays. Oh, God, he's low on the totem. (laughs) (laughs) He had been the previous Raph's man-at-arms, and when she had died in a tragic show-off-with-a-sword-at-a-party, drunk, and occasionally (laughs) accidentally cut your own head off accident... (laughs) Jesus. That's the way I want A heroic death. (laughs) (laughs) One for song. Uh, The sword had fallen onto Grawp and severed part of his spinal column. Now he stood at a right angle, bent double, brain brain injured and blind. He hated her, seeing her as somehow responsible for her predecessor's carelessness. Is everyone here? Always last, the wrath makes weight. Rumour is you stopped to masturbate. Oh my god. A rumour you started, no doubt. I was Etrigan the demon. I was attending to pillar business. Nothing a little worm like you need to concern yourself with. Raph dropped the dipper and left the vile thing. 
I'll see my own way to the quiet hall. Grawp called after her, rubbing his eye in mock crying. Take care, the floor is cleaned but wet. Don't slip and dash your brains. I'll fret. (laughs) Grawp! She closed the door behind her and entered the quiet hall. They were all there waiting for her, apart from the Wraith, of course, who as Alima's chief assassin never visited Barbarus for often. Each of them sat cross-legged on the stony floor, as whoever set this system up centuries ago seemed to want to punish them all with eventual and painful hemorrhoids. Crisscross applesauce. (laughs) A cool blue flame burned in the centre of their meeting. When the blue flame went out, they would retire and would not be able to meet again for 30 days and nights. Any business they would have to be any business they had would have to be discussed and de- decided upon that night or action could not take place. There at the, uh, next to her was the lion helm of the wheel, the religious leader who taught both the new scripture and the many ways of old Terran colonies. She was around the same age as Raph, but she had been prepared for her role since she was a child, indoctrinated in the ways of the gods. She was a blowhard narc of the highest order (laughs) and had all the wit and charm of a diuretic fart in an elevator. (laughs) What the fuck? This is the most descriptive episode of Story Lords. (laughs) There was the owl helm of the ward, who was the head of education and training. He was the keeper of the caste system and kept the records of what the first, second, third, fourth but sons and daughters of Alima chose as their paths of service. He, like most teachers, was exhausted 24-7 and hated children with a burning passion of vengeance. Yes. <laughs> he, he, always, he always joked that he was far more equipped to be the Wrath as he went into battle against an army every day. Damn. God, this is real true, by the way. <laughs> the Watch, wearing the snake helm representing healthcare sat next to him. They were haughty and aloof, concerning themselves with the welfare of the peoples of Alima. They drank like a fish, smoked like a train, and ate only the finest, richest food in Alima. They also were quite addicted to prostitutes, which Raph kept in her back pocket if any need for blackmail purposes presented themselves in the future. How did Raph keep a prostitute in her back pocket? (laughs) Technology's come a long way. Yeah, (laughs) hollow prostitute. Holostitude. <laughs> the stag helm next to the watch belonged to the Way, the science leader. He was a quirky genius and hated the will with a burning passion, burning vengeance. He would challenge every one of her nonsense religious claims with fact and proof, which only seemed to goad the will into quoting scripture and smug superiority. As chief scientist, Raph had a constant need to issue reports to the Way over the frequency, type and density of each rift they encountered. He made Raph make recordings of all the noises coming from each rift, and when they used the rifts, the way was always eager to come along, little nerd that he was. Next to him <laughs> was the fox helm of the Rit, the chief law and policy maker. The Rit was the most jovial and kind of all the pillars, mostly because he knew that he was the most necessary. Without him, the whole system of government fell apart, and as such, the other pillars were kind to him, even those that didn't really want to be. His pleasant smiles hid a cutting sense of humour, and he could say whatever he wanted in these halls without fear of reprisal. Damn, this dude rules. Lastly, the words Dove Helm was placed on the floor directly opposite the door. She had been missing. Last seen in an altercation with the Reap on IHOP Comcast Time Warner Planet 4. 
<laughs> IHOP is big. It's huge in this reality. <laughs> I, I, be- the- I believe it's uh, IHOB. Uh, International <laughs> House of Breakfast. She was the chief ambassador, mouthpiece, and comms leader of Lima. She was a good friend to Raf and often accompanied her to provide newscasts when on military manoeuvres. She was the only one who could match Raf drink for drink, and she had been gone for two seasons. Raf missed her terribly. Comes We've only had two seasons of the show. Oh, God, I was going to make the same joke. She's been gone all that time. Hmm. Come, sister. Regale us with wonders worked in the name of the gods, the will proclaimed, her arms, arms wide in pretend friendship. Raf groaned as she lowered herself cross-legged to the flagstones. Emptied my bowels earlier. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemer. The lion stared at her. You assume too. Enough, the ward said before lifting his helm slightly to gulp from a beer glass. I spend my day around children. I do not wish to be in their presence now. (laughs) The watch shook his snake head. Let them fight. I for one grow sick of this constant bickering the will engenders. Religion is a bias that should not hold sway in this hall. You do enough <laughs> swaying for all of us, you drunkard, the writ said wryly. Much as I'm loath to admit it, a portion of the idiot populace needs their religion as much as their education, law or medicine. What did you find, <laughs> Rath? Kellen had taken one look at Mount Barbarus and said, Fuck that, then did what any self-respecting daughter of the leader of the planet would do. She chartered the shuttle to take her to the top of Mount Barbarus. <laughs> you can do that? <laughs> She'd beaten Raph by about four hours, which gave her more than enough time to sneak into the quiet hall, plus pass the blind hunchback, and climb into the metal rafters <laughs> high above the room to watch them all file in. It was hot up there, and the heat from the flame <laughs> roasting the ventless, ventless ceiling made it all the more hot. You wrote this at work. Yep, yeah, I wrote this bit yesterday. (laughs) The assembled pillars didn't say much until Raph entered the building and the blue flame was lit and then Kellen heard more than she had ever bargained for. The reap took the bait and one of my agents led me right to a rift, Raph Raph went on. The group sat a little straighter. The The future, the past, the way asked, his science interest peaked. What did the rift show you, Raph? Nothing useful, Raph admitted. The rift had been corrupted. Demonic voices tried to take me, but I resisted them. Really? Demons seem just your sort of bedfellow, sister. The wheel smirked under her lion helm. Damn, Damn. this bitch is obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. What a bitch. What a bitch. Then A bitch's bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Then what did you do? I closed the rift, then collected the child... And brought her back to her parents, Raph said. And as a a few shocked exclamations came from the gathering, Raph held her hands out. There's no denying the pull is getting stronger. What would you have me do? The portals are a doorway to the heavens. If that child is perverting them, she should be put to death. The wheel stood and pointed at Raph. And if you don't have the zeal to do it, I will. Kellen couldn't breathe. Why did they want to kill her? What the hell did she have to do with the rifts? Her hands had started to grow slick with sweat, 
and the metal strut she was holding for support grew harder to grip. Raph stood and instantly drew Doomcock, her trusty warhammer. Yeah! <laughs> Levelling it directly at the wheel. Kellen was shocked to see such fervour in Raph's defence of her. Try and take her. You'll learn your fairy tale gods are fake a lot earlier than you would have liked. Yeah, yeah boy! Fuck you! <laughs> the rest of them stood, shouting over each other until the writ spoke loudly over everyone. It's far too late for that now. The girl isn't even a girl any longer. The rifts are getting more frequent, and Duchess Amre doesn't have the protection needed to ward herself from the rifts. I propose she join the ranks. Learn what she needs to now. The ward nodded. Not a bad idea. If anyone knows rifts, it's this group. Kellen's hand slipped from the metal support, and she quickly wrapped her cramping leg around the up t- upright to steady herself. Sweat ran down her forehead and into her eyes. She was going to fall if she couldn't write herself quickly. Volunteering, are we? The watch asked, their mouth turning in a sm- up in a small smirk. Fuck no, the ward shuddered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to play wet nurse for another punk who thinks they know everything. The wheel... has been damaged by his job. <laughs> Aren't all teachers... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the will exhaled, her metallic lion eyes set in on wrath. Sounds like the perfect job job for our war maker. They'd be a match made in heaven. Kellen fell like Twitter stock. Twenty feet <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Twenty feet to the floor below in a heap of sweat and bruises. She she wasn't injured because young people were unfairly blessed with indestructible bodies. They bounce. Unlike the post-37 crowd, who can't get up without <laughs> straining something. <laughs> yeah, I hurt my shoulder, you know, like sleeping. Yep. I, did I tell you how I, dis- uh, I dislocate my jaw once through yawning? <laughs> Dude, Jesus. that's happened. I haven't dislocated it, but I know exactly what you mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. It wasn't. I don't think yeah. it was a proper dislocation. It was just yeah, like, but it was, stretched like it, the tendons yeah. underneath my jaw were so tight for like, Cracked, days. Cracked, yeah. yeah. When Kellen looked up, the entire set of pillars were looking down at her disapprovingly. If Kellen had known who Rodney Dangerfield was, she would have pulled at her collar as she said, Anyone call for a know-nothing punk? (laughs) 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 Grawk bounded in, running in panicked panicked and afraid, leaving the doors to the temple open to the elements. Thick black smoke was tendrilling up from town and painting the sky in ashy black. For, for interruption, Grop should not be blamed. The Senate building lies in flames. The pillars turned to look at each other. How long did it take him to come up with that rhyme? It's a uh, bad rhyme. It was a bad rhyme. <laughs> when he could have just come in and told them. Uh, he can't not talk in rhyme. Because uh, of his brain damage? Because of his brain damage. That's, that's something that happens, apparently. As, <laughs> as Kellen realised just yeah. what that meant. Dad, she whispered. The mm-hmm. end. I knew it! Dead man walking. He's done. He's done. Damn, you're like creating a fucking like full, fully formed, fully fleshed out universe right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got the law bug. <laughs> I feel like I'm over here drawing a picture with crayons and Rich is like, that's really cool, but check this out. And then it's like the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, but unfortunately with this one, 
uh, your crayon picture is something that people enjoy, and my Sistine Chapel <laughs> is of, of one of those old medieval paintings that doesn't look like a cat. I love medieval paintings. <laughs> it's like a cat with a human face. I uh, <laughs> oh those that ones. Yeah, those, ones. <laughs> those are cool. I'm happy with the no, story. This is great. I just uh, yeah. Sometimes I get a bit in my own head about the jokes needing to be in there. There's enough jokes, right? There's enough. There's jokes. enough jokes. There's also, always enough jokes. Also, Josh and I continuously interrupt you to stay stupid shit. So. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. idiots. So you're welcome, I guess. Perfect. I told we're sorry. Plenty uh, of jokes about Musk and J.K. Rowling. We we've got we've got it we got it. We got it. <laughs> no, this is great. I'm like. It's like very Dune, and yeah, I really I, like. I it. want like a hundred books in this yeah. series that yeah. get increasingly more batshit insane as it goes yeah. along. But do you... so this kid is adopted, and she's a portal. She's not from here. I bet. Mm. That's I my guess. I can't possibly say anything. She doesn't go to the school. <laughs> she is. She's from Canada. She's, she's a model. She's, she's my girlfriend. Her. Yeah. <laughs> This she was a... going to come to prom, but her parents were like, no way. Shit, this is a picture I've got of her in my wallet. Don't take it out, because it's definitely not from a catalogue. Yeah, don't look on the back. It doesn't have a coupon on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm slightly concerned that I've just created seven new characters for a story. That Well, it's more than seven, because the mum and dad as well. And the brothers. Rich, did you not... Were you not here last season when you made stories? Yeah, You've I, already I, done this. I, I You've already done it, yeah. I think I've already got a bigger cast than I ever had in the first season. I don't season. think so. Just do what I do and just, like, skip around and shit. Or, you no know, one... I can do the master's technique. What's Kill that? them? Kill them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's definitely happened to the dad. That's yeah, the dad's done. He's dead. He's dead. As soon as you said he's such a great yeah. father, I was like, well, that's yeah. the end of him. <laughs> First of all, I was like, well, that doesn't exist. Second of all, <laughs> this is a very unrealistic story. <laughs> this is a fantasy story. Well, also, he's the only one giving her comfort at the moment. Like, wh- why would I keep him around? Not if he's dead. <laughs> well, yeah. Turn your strengths into liabilities. That's what I always do. You know what you should do is have the dad die and then come back as a blue ghost like uh, fucking (laughs) Obi-Wan. Like Obi-Wan. But I was thinking of uh, the mentor character from Thundercats. Oh, uh, (laughs) what the fuck? I've always loved that. That like, what was his name? Uh, Fuck. I knew it before I started talking. It's the shittiest part about it. Thundercats mentor Jaguarissimo. Oh, Jaga. <laughs> Jaga. Jaga. He is a jaguar. Jaga. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I always love that, that he just fucking like shows up as a blue ghost and he's like, here's what you should do, Lion O. <laughs> oh, God. And Lion O never questions it. He's not like, what the, what the fuck? You're still around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Did you die on a spaceship? Like, how are you on this planet? <laughs> get lost, Obi Wan. Cat Noby. No! <laughs> Got it. it Alright. It's a good episode now. Show's over. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, no, I'm so fucking excited to see where this goes, Rich. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't planned this one as well as I planned the last one. Um, and I feel like I've gone full steam ahead into this a little bit. Which is not, you know, it's not a bad thing, right? No. Overcommit. 
undersell. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the George Lucas way. You just write it as you go. <laughs> yeah, I know what the oh, ending's going to be. That's the most important thing. So it's, I can he's head a there. funnier space yeah, you need arm. A, you need a funnier had. character than we've ever had before, I think, to make this work. This is Far Far Bonks. My new character. Nice. Star Star Jinx. <laughs> uh, spoilers, Grop's going to be a, bit, a big character. Really? I, you know what? Uh, I kind of hate him because yep. his rhyming is dumb. Yep. Yeah. He he's like a he's like a really shitty Etrigan the yep. demon right now. Yep. Yeah. Etrigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be a shitty Etrigan. He's gonna be good. <laughs> I fucking love Etrigan. I do too. Yeah. I'm fully down yeah. with this. Yeah. I just like to think that he's like, let, let's see what, okay, uh, Senate rhymes with eggs <laughs> Benedict. No, no, that's no, not. No, 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 no. He marks it out of his little notebook. No, no, yeah, no. he's writing it. No, no, that's not. Quickly. W- the Senate w- is w- burning w- to the ground behind. <laughs> www.rhymezone.com <laughs> Which is really useful if you're writing in rhyme. Yeah. Oh. So, so is Fantasy Name Generator yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fantasy Name Generator is very good. It's very good. Yeah. It's got everything yeah. on there. Oh, uh, right. Okay, that's part two done. And you know what comes next. Do you? Do you know what comes next? Do you? Have a guess. Yeah, there you go. Part five. Uh, bye. <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> By the question I posed, it's part three. Oh, we figured part it out. Three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's now Mr. Pennington's turn to tell a spooky vision tale. Oh, God, I'm getting spooked out. Hold on, <laughs> dude. It's almost spooky season. I'm quick, so excited. Quick, quick, everyone who's listening, go and get a spare change of underwear because you might need it. Get, yeah, you might come your, your pants. Yes. Get on your white underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the title of my story is The Deep End. Mm. Uh, prompts Revenge in Mountains. I got the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Jeff Pennington, based on an extremely vague text from Vitizen, which was based on a completely unrelated joke from M Class Podcast. Uh, oh, uh. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> Greetings, boys, ghouls, and non boonary. It is I, your host, who is maybe some sort of ghost. Ten cent price. Ten cent price. The lawmaster. As a quick note, none of what I say on this program is ever written down in advance. I simply ramble whatever comes to mind for the allotted two minutes, then you get to watch your unlicensed public domain horseshit. So I am technically not breaking the Writers Guild picket line. So stop emailing me calling me a scab. (laughs) I would think he thought that was a compliment because scabs are spooky. He's covered in scabs, but he's not a scab. 
My assistant, Derek, is getting very upset about it. I, I've never read an email. Funniest joke all evening that he's called Derek. Derek. Tonight, we peer inside of the spooky vision scope or whatever we do on this show. <laughs> And open on a small old town situated quaintly in the mountains of Colorado. Ding. Ding, mountains and, and, and princesses, Derek. And everywheresville where the pallid-skinned mark their homesteads and the darker folk are escorted away by militarized racists in blue uniforms. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a horrible dystopian fiction. <laughs> the kind of small town we've all experienced at one point or another because it's romanticized by boring crackers hard. Damn, can't put this on Twitter. Specifically, we will meet Billy Green, a high school student for most of the year, but a pool cleaner by the blazing heat of the summer months. <laughs> He's about to learn that one simple mistake can change a life forever, or end it completely. But it's never quite that cut and dry. On Spooky Vision, TM All Rights Reserved, copyright the Viacom Corporation 2023. <laughs> Billy Green, the kind of dude you'd see standing in the background of literally any Polaroid of a party during the 90s, stood beside the glistening clear blue pool, watching as the water hose slowly raised the water level bit by bit towards its final height. He sighed to himself, glancing up at the rippling hot sun in the sky above, which scorched the clouds that dare come close to it, so that Damn. no respite could be found. The temperature has been floating around 95. That's like 30 or something, Rich. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, Rich. <laughs> For you something fucking like Celsius, bitch. <laughs> How dare the rest of the world differ? No, man, yeah. Celsius is good for science, Fahrenheit's good for body temperature. Yeah. I always say That's it. how I feel about it. Yeah. The temperature had been floating around 95 for something like two weeks at this point, and he was certain by now he'd burned every bit of his skin he was capable of showing publicly, legally. <laughs> Perhaps the sun would burn his eyes less if he turned his baseball cap around forward to actually yeah. cover them from the onslaught, but the thought never go. really entered his brain. As a matter of fact, not a lot of thoughts ever entered his brain. Idiot. <laughs> this blows, Billy grumbled under his breath, glancing back at the <laughs> McMansion of the family who had hired him to clean their pool to begin with. Nice. The Darcys. The house was everything you'd hope to find in a shoddily constructed fake mansion in a suburb purchased by people too stupid rich to even care they were being fleeced and built by only the finest carpenters and electricians you could hire through Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> the Darcy's were some kind of old money, but Billy wasn't exactly sure of the story. He knew the father was a lawyer and the mother had some kind of totally legitimate business selling makeup or insurance or something. Oh yeah, a pyramid scheme. I mean, MLM. <laughs> there was a little brother in grade school as well, but Billy didn't know anything about him. He thought maybe he'd heard something about him being like the golden child of the family and their heir apparent or something once. He couldn't really recall. Jesus. His name was Barold, he thought. Barold. Barold. That couldn't be right. Anyway. The real reason he'd taken this job at all, besides the four fifty an hour it would net him for jolt cola and weed 
was Anna Darcy, the hottest oh. girl in school. Ow, ow! He'd had a crush on her for years at this point, but she didn't even know he existed. Not in like a modern day creep ass way, but in a 90s TV crush kind of way where we all just kind of accepted that this was alright as long as it didn't get too weird. Mm, Honestly, yeah. sometimes well beyond that point, depending on how hard the laugh track was going at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude, are you daydreaming about Anna right outside her house, bro? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? A voice suddenly cracked his reverie and snapped him back to reality. He whipped his head around to be greeted by the dopey hanging, hanging expression of Tom Dips Johansson. Dips. He supposed his best friend and uh, his supposed best friend and the kid that the adults in town most often called that dumb fucking burnout. <laughs> Dips. Dips was called that because he had the habit of stealing the various dips at parties, and no one really knew why. When pressed on it, he'd simply say, It's for my projects, brah. And no one would dare lodge a follow-up question. No one was interested. He was, he was so chill and jovial that most people just looked past his eccentricities. And boy, did he have a lot. You like feels dip at parties. You're like three hours late, Dips. What the fuck were you doing all afternoon? Billy grumbled, shoving the hose into Dips' hands forcefully and walking away, his flip-flops flipping and flopping as they do the whole nice. way. Aw, chill, dude. I was just watching Cartoon Network, bro. Did oh, you, what a time. Did you know that they play Bugs Bunny cartoons like 2517 for like the whole month on there, dude? <laughs> Fucking mad funny, dude. Especially when he dresses up like a lady bunny, dude. I'm, like, in love then, you know? <laughs> Dips held the hose with a lazy grip, allowing it to droop down and continue to fill up the pool, though he wasn't any the wiser about it. He was too focused on trying to adjust his wraparound shades with his other hand absently as he spoke. <laughs> You're in love with Bugs Bunny? Billy turned around with confusion written all over his face. He picked up a large plastic tank of chlorine and was trying to lug it back to the pool, but he'd been struck dumb by what this fucking guy had just said out loud to him, of his own free will. <laughs> nah, bro. The lady bunnies, did. That's totally not the same thing, bro. Dips looked down at the pool and watched blankly as the water filled up past the fill mark and continued to rise, not even having a slight reaction to fucking up his job right before his own eyes. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dips, watch out! Billy dropped the chlorine tank on the deck and ran across the yard towards the back of the house. He yanked the spigot closed on the hose as hard as he could, having to really put effort behind it to yank through the rust on the metal pieces. You dumbass, you almost overfilled the pool daydreaming about fucking a cartoon rabbit! <laughs> Wait, well... Alright, you're right, dude. I'll keep my unnatural proclivities to myself while on the job from now on, bro. <laughs> I'm not trying to cause any trouble just cause ladybugs got me bricked up, you know? <laughs> Dips wound the hose back in, slowly walking across the yard back towards the spigot as he drew the hose up and over his hand and then tucked it under his elbow. It's fine, it's fine. Billy walked past Dips back to the pool and picked up the chlorine tank once more, lugging it back over to the edge of the pool. This shit weighs a ton for being plastic. 
<laughs> it's not what the material is made out of that gives the tank its weight to mass ratio, bro. It's the water weight of the soluble material within that creates the gravitational drag compared to our muscle mass and physical capability, you know? Shit's pretty wild. Uh, dips. Dips you are God a drag. Damn it. <laughs> What? Billy responded, completely <laughs> dumbfounded that his idiot best friend just said something that sounded like what Urkel would say on the TV to those nerd bullies at the nerd college he went to, to teach him a lesson for trying to haze him. At that moment, interrupting this scene that I'm writing that's going absolutely nowhere, the back door... <laughs> The back door to the McMansion flew open, and from, from within emerged the most beautiful sight that Billy Green had ever seen in his entire life. Anna Darcy in a two-piece bikini. Ow, ow! He was absolutely awestruck and stood mesmerized and staring as she crossed the lawn back towards poolside. Uh, hello? Her voice broke Billy from his second reverie of the day, his eyes shooting open with recognition. Anna looked pissed, but it made her hotter for some reason? <laughs> Yeah. She groaned out at him. When's the pool going to be ready to swim in, pool bitch? Wow. <laughs> pool bitch. Uh, I'm Billy. Billy Green? We have fourth period chemistry together. I sit right behind you in class? We were in the same lab group on every single lab we've had to do the entire semester? <laughs> I pulled your dog out of that collapsed treehouse last summer? I gave you my kidney after that car accident freshman year? <laughs> As Billy listed off ways that Anna should recognize him and she stood completely stone-faced staring at him with no response, he got more and more desperation in his voice with every listing until finally she held her hand up, one finger in the air, to shush him. I didn't ask for your life story, Jimmy. I asked you when the pool was going to be ready. Uh, Jimmy's actually my twin brother with blonde hair. I'm actually Billy, so... Billy started again, but she shoved her finger up against his mouth to shut him up. He should have been pretty pissed off, hurt, or offended by all this, but he was mostly just psyched that she had touched his mouth. Yup. It was pretty pathetic, but he wouldn't realize that until a girl actually touched his wiener later on. Yup. <laughs> Pull. Win. Swim. Win. Finished. Anna yelled out, frustration and disdain dripping from her every word. Yo, Babasaurus, chill out, bro. Dips interrupted the situation. Tilting, <laughs> tilting his head like a dog would at Anna. The pool will be ready like an hour or so after we introduce the chlorine to the pool's delicate ecosystem, dog. That's just science, bro. <laughs> Ugh, why does daddy keep hiring these itinerant workers? They don't even understand plain English. <laughs> itinerant. Anna turned and stormed back away back across the lawn and through the door. For his part, Billy had already unscrewed the top cap to the chlorine bottle and tilted it over to pour its contents carefully into the pool. But when Anna turned and walked away, he was straight up mesmerized by ass and just let the entire container go. He googly-eyed like every teenager in a coming-of-age comedy ever while the whole container fell into the pool and dunked under the water, spewing its chlorine out. <laughs> oh, God. Whoa, dude! Dips yelled out. <laughs> Charging over at full speed to try and catch the tank, but it was far too little too late. He looked around frantically, frantically, noticing that Billy hadn't even registered what he'd done and slapped him directly in his face. Dude, wake up. Time for butt cheeks later, bro. You made a fucking huge uh-oh, dude. Ow! What the fuck? Oh, God! 
Billy went through several emotions in a row within a couple seconds and then ran around to the side of the pool and grabbed the cleaning net from its storage amongst a couple beach umbrellas and a metal stand. The two of them grabbed onto the shaft, and I've written LOL here. LOL. <laughs> That's a, apparently a new thing I'm doing. Uh, yeah. The two of them grabbed onto the shaft LOL of the pool cleaner and dunked it out <laughs> into the water, scaling it down to the bottom of the pool and underneath the chlorine tank. Both of them winced as they realized how easy it was to drag the previously incredibly heavy tank back up from the bottom of the pool. They grabbed onto the sides of it and yanked it back up and out of the water, desperately peering into it with hope in their hearts to find chlorine within. But there was nothing but a quarter of a tank of water. Oops. That wasn't... That isn't a lot of chlorine, is it? Like, it's it's not like too much or... Billy panicked, dropping the pool cleaner pole completely and yanking his backwards cap off to grip at his dark brown hair. We're, we're fine, right? No, dude, we're massively fucked, bro. That tank was for, like, every pool we gotta clean today. We've got, like, three <laughs> more pools to go, dude. That's, like, fucking, uh, four pools worth of shit. <laughs> Dips dropped the haft as well and gripped Billy by the shoulders, trying to shake reality back into him. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Uh. Billy looked back over his shoulder towards the house in fear, and that fear was pretty instantly confirmed reality when his eyes locked with the face of Mr. Darcy standing in one of the back windows staring directly across the wide yard at the two of them. Was his ass hanging out? His form (laughs) obscured mostly in darkness from the other side of the glass. Oh, shit, dude. Do you think he knows? Oh, this is Dips. Oh, shit, dude. Do you think he knows, dude? Are we, like, already fucked this bad, dude? (laughs) Dips murmured out as quietly as he could, fearing even talking normally that Mr. Darcy could hear them from half a football field away in the back window. (laughs) No, uh, no, just act natural, man. Let's just collect our stuff and go. It's not going to cause any problem, dude. We're good. We're totally fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm. Billy began (laughs) rushing around. Billy began rushing around picking up their cleaning equipment, the empty chlorine tank, everything he could get his hands on, and shoved some of it into Dips' hands, starting to push him out towards the side gate as hard as he could. Are you freaking kidding, dude? That shit is straight up poisonous to humans in that kind of concentration, dude. We gotta tell him about it. Dips scream whispered his refusal to comply, but was also just straight up complying and leaving at the same time. If they get into that shit, they're going to straight up Raiders of the Lost Ark their faces off, bro. <laughs> Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fucking shit up. Billy Yell screamed back as he pushed Dips out the gate and shut it tightly behind them. He then shoved the chlorine tank as hard as he could into Dips' arms, pushing him back down the street, away from him. Go the fuck home, Dips. This didn't happen, dude. The chlorine is going to be mostly evaporated by the heat by the time anybody uses the pool. We're fine. I'm sure this is the kind of thing happens all the time. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, Dips an- answered unsteadily. <laughs> We're fine, man. Just, uh, just go home and play bonk. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> bonk! Oh. Billy said with more confidence in his voice now. I got super bonk now, dude. Way cooler bonk, <laughs> my man. <laughs> Dips said with his normal chill smile returning to his face. He set down his armful of equipment and waved to Billy before hefting it all back up and turning to head back down the street towards home. Billy waited for Dips to leave and then walked back over to the fence. He reached as hard as he could to grasp one at the top of the split wooden lattice and hoisted himself up to take a peek over it. 
the overwhelming smell of chlorine hit his nostrils like a missile and almost caused him to lose grip and fall, but he held fast and squinted his eyes through the pain. And the weird-ass numbing that your entire face gets that happens with too much of that shit Mm. to peer back towards the back of the house again. The window where Mr. Darcy stood was empty and dark now. Billy sighed to himself very lightly and then dropped back onto the sidewalk, then ran home as fast as his flip-flops would let him. <laughs> even, even though the window had been empty the entire the entire way back across town, he could steal, still feel Mr. Darcy's eyes piercing the back of his skull. <laughs> Billy flopped down face-first in his bed, groaning out loud to himself. He'd blown his chance to meet Anna and get her to like him somehow. He'd never figured this part out, but had just kind of hoped for the best. Yup. Even worse, <laughs> he'd probably just caused her entire family grievous bodily harm. <laughs> Even worse than that, her dad might know he's the one responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> Billy groaned out even louder, burying his face in his pillow. There was a silence to his house that seemed kind of unsettling, he finally noticed. He turned over on his back and listened carefully. His brother wasn't practicing his Sosetsukan karate in the next room. (laughs) He couldn't hear the heavy bag getting kicked at all. His little sister wasn't screaming into a phone about how hot whatever member of NSYNC she loved this week was. Justin. This time it was Joey Fatone for some reason? Fuck if I know. I went to school with the kid who wrestled and his name was Joey Fat One. Oh, that's great. He couldn't even hear his mom and dad arguing over which one of them had married down and which kid was going to go with which of them when they finally got the balls to divorce. Wow. There wasn't even the ear-splitting back and forth about revenge porn, whatever that was. Dang. It was just completely silent. He felt a small chill go up his spine as he lay there. He then felt the air go acrid against his nostrils suddenly. An all-too-familiar smell filled the room around him to the brim, and he couldn't breathe any longer. The smell of chlorine threatened to choke him to death in his own room. He stood up, staggeringly, and grasped onto the window next to his bed, yanking it up and open as hard as he could. But the smell didn't dissipate at all. As a matter of fact, it got stronger. Oh, man. He turned to run towards the door, but was stopped in his tracks. From the crack between the door and the floor was slowly, steadily pouring water into the room, which was pooling against the hardwood, and even soaking into his rug at the center of the room by this point. Billy went to scream, but he couldn't. His lungs were too full of the toxic chlorine to grasp air in for it. He backed up against the window and desperately tried to bring air into his lungs, but none came. The door handle across the room started jiggling hard against its metal casings, turning against them with a loud, haunting squeal. No! Billy screamed out finally. <laughs> what the fuck are you screaming for? His dad screamed at him from the open door into the hallway. Billy opened his eyes again and looked at the floor, finding not a single trace of water. As a matter of fact, the chlorine smell was completely gone as well. All that was left was a dumbstruck, middle-aged construction worker in his underwear and a dirty tank top. Uh, don't... Don't come in without knocking? Billy sputtered out. (laughs) You gotta be fucking kidding me with... Are you out of your mind? Your mom said go out and clean the garage already. She's been screaming at you to do that shit for weeks. And when she's done screaming at you, then she comes to scream at me. And I ain't having that shit. At least not until the papers go through. Billy's dad (laughs) grumbled. 
The two stared at each other for a second before Billy's dad violently clapped his hands together. Get a fucking move on! Billy hopped to it, grabbing his hat and quickly placing it on his head. Backwards, of course, before heading out into the garage. (laughs) Billy had lost a lot of hours of this fine summer day to cleaning out the garage, and had even done a really half-assed job of it, too. But it was over now. Evening had fallen on the quiet berg nestled in the mountains, and Billy headed back into the house to get in a little bonk before bed. <laughs> is that a euphemism? Yeah, I was going to say, is that the game? Though he was kind of seething inside at the fact that it wasn't going to be this great new super bonk he'd heard about. <laughs> it was a great find. That's a damn shame. His dad's voice filtered from the living room as Billy headed towards the stairs. He stopped <sighs> and peered in through the open doorway to the kitchen. His mother was sobbing softly, and his father was shaking his head, both of them planted on the couch in the middle of the room, staring at the gigantic 20-inch TV screen in front of them. Jesus, man, what would you need that big of a screen for? (laughs) The screen was displaying the evening news, a white-haired, swaggering puppet of a man with nothing behind the eyes, a.k.a. a newscaster, was giving a report about a dead teenage girl. Uh Tonight's top story again. A teenage girl was found dead this evening in a pool in the Crescent Heights section of town, the newscaster repeated, causing every muscle in Billy's body to stiffen and grow cold. Anna Darcy, age 16, was found dead face down in her family's pool today. Authorities have stated that the cause of death isn't 100% confirmed at this point, but they are looking at a suspect and will be bringing him in for questioning as soon as is possible. Billy stood transfixed his eyes darting over and over the name Anna Darcy displayed on screen. His body shook so hard, his head pounded so loudly, his his chest hurt so much that he was certain he was going to die at any second, spontaneously explode, or just simply cease to exist. But instead... That would be the easier way out. True. (laughs) But instead, he bolted out the front door of the house, leaving it wide open in his wake. He was running as fast as he could against the evening sunset, which still clung to the slightest bit of dark blue light in the air. Everything burned, everything hurt, and he wanted to scream, but he was too scared. The police were looking for him? He was a murderer? He killed the only girl he'd ever loved! Oh, I know what's happening. He didn't know where he was going as he ran, but 20 minutes later, it all suddenly made sense. He was standing outside of Dip's front door, panting and heaving at the marathon he'd just run, just as hard as the violent fear and pain that was beating in every thread of his being. Dip's, he panted out, trying to scream to get his intention inside, but he couldn't. He raised his arm weakly and began to beat on the door. Not a knock, but a continuous slamming of his fist into it. No lights came on inside in response, the entire small house completely dim in the dusk of oncoming night. He leaned his entire body against the door, hands against it to prop himself up, his mind whirling and heaving against itself, until he felt something strange on the other side of the door. Something pressed against it, pushing hard on the other side. Billy stumbled backwards, his mouth agape at what his eyes saw, but his mind could not comprehend. The door was being pushed outward, like a cartoon, like nothing that could exist in real life, distending and bubbled outwards as if the force of an explosion was growing behind it, but in slow motion. Oh, no. Billy wanted to run, but he had nothing left in the tank. He'd run the entire way across town, and all he could do now was collapse onto the walkway, falling down onto his ass with all of his weight the instant he tried to run. 
The door swelled, and his heart beat like a machine gun. He tried to open his mouth to scream, but the numbing, nulling feeling in his face wouldn't allow it. He hadn't noticed it at first because he could hardly breathe, but the smell had followed him. It had preempted his arrival. It was behind the swelling wooden door which popped and splintered under the oncoming pressure. Chlorine. <laughs> Billy tried to crawl backwards away from the door, but his hands found no purchase in the sopping wet grass on either side of the walkway. Doused in a bright, clear blue water which spouted out of the sides of the bulbous, tumorous swelling of the door. <laughs> there was no escaping this. There was no screaming for help for what he'd done. The door split. The deluge of chlorinated water overtook him like a tsunami, sweeping him up in its wave and threatening to rip him apart from its fury. His, eyes o his open eyes burned with a pain he had never felt in his entire life, and his weakened arms and legs could not struggle against the onslaught as it slammed him into the ground, ripping his skin against the concrete below him, tearing him apart limb from limb. <laughs> but even then, within the water, he saw her. The silhouette of flowing hair and limp limbs caught up in the exact same explosive torrent of water, but Hot. incapable of fighting back. <laughs> Not Super after what he had done to her. The body came closer and closer, swept along the waves behind all, beyond all control, but aimed. Aimed directly at him. Billy tried to push away, but had no limbs to do so. He had lost everything he was before he became a murderer in this onslaught. The body of the girl swept up into his face, its hair engulfing him beneath the wave, its face inches from his own, its eyes exploding open to stare deeply into his own. Ah! Dude! Dude! A familiar voice shocked Billy back to reality all at once. He opened his burning eyes to stare where it had come from and met the worried glance of Dips staring back down at him. Are you tweaking, bro? <laughs> Dips, we killed her, man. We killed Anna. She's dead. The chlorine. Billy screamed, struggling up to his feet and grasping onto Dips' McDonald's work shirt, distending the collar of it. <laughs> yo, yo, calm down, bro. Stop screaming, dude. Hold up. Dips grabbed onto Billy's shoulders and shook him violently to stop him from screaming, which worked for the moment. Everything's simpatico, dude. <laughs> Simpatico? What? Billy managed to hoarsely speak. Yeah, bro, we didn't kill Anna, he said quite matter-of-factly, gripping Billy by his wrist and yanking them away from his collar violently. You killed Anna. I didn't do <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> what? Billy screamed out. You were there. You're just as responsible as I am. <laughs> nah, dude, you spilled the shit, man. You're the one who threatened me to keep it a secret, brah. I wanted to tell him about it and come clean. Because you forced my hand? Anna's dead now, dude. That's fucked up. But it's not my fault. You killed her. Dips said with a coldness that chilled Billy to the bone. Thanks, Dips. He shook his head, though. Don't worry, brah. I'm not going to narc or nothing. I'm, but I'm not going down with you when you get caught, bro. <laughs> Dips walked past the stunned, silent Billy up to his door. He took his keys out calmly and opened it, sliding behind the perfectly fine wooden door of his home. Right before he closed it, he leaned out and shook his head. Dab shame you killed her too, brah. She was a total babasaurus. <laughs> and then the door shut, leaving Billy standing in the suddenly cold night air, alone. Eventually he turned and walked away, back into town. 
He wasn't running anymore. He was barely moving. The scent of chlorine in the air overwhelmed him, choked him, filled his lungs and head, but it didn't push him onward any longer. He wasn't trying to escape anymore. It was around 8 p.m. by the time he had reached his destination. He stared up at the backlit sign for the police station, which burned with an incessant halogen hum in the night. <laughs> he shook violently as he opened the front. He shook violently as he opened the front doors, but inside he was finally calm again. He was right where he belonged now. He would let the world know who had killed Anna Darcy. Then maybe the smell would finally go away. <laughs> yeah, we're real sorry about all this, Mister Darcy. The police officer said, shaking his head ruefully. It's a tragedy. We'll, we'll never get over it, Mr. Darcy said solemnly, his head down. Bullshit. Well, hopefully time will heal all wounds. And now we know who the real culprit is, so some justice can be done, the officer said, unfurling a key ring from his shitty little fascist utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> he, he leaned down and pushed a small key into the handcuffs around Mr. Darcy's wrists, undoing them and letting him free. Again, we're real sorry about suspecting you of doing this heinous crime. It's just how we go about investigating. Mr. Darcy stood up, <laughs> cradling one wrist in, uh, with his hand and then the other to relieve the pain of wearing them all day. He smiled a pain, half-hearted smile and nodded sympathetically. I've seen unsolved mysteries, officer. I understand that when a family member is found hacked to pieces in a pool, floating, floating face down what? with no limbs, then the absolute first candidate's another family member, especially the father. The officer nodded, but was somewhat disturbed by the ease at which Mr. Darcy had recounted his own daughter's body being found mutilated in his pool. But he shook his head again, chalking it up to shock. Yeah, uh, exactly. The kid came in and admitted he killed her. He just kept saying it over and over again. I think the thing, entire thing kind of broke him, honestly. I can only imagine, Mr. Darcy said, rubbing the bridge of his nose and then shaking his own head. My wife and I are trying to find solace in the fact that our younger son is still here, and he's our heir now. He'll see our family forward into the future, a Darcy mm. man to continue a man's legacy. Mm -hmm. He smiled and nodded to the cop. Good night, officer. Uh, good night, Mr. Darcy. If you need anything, just let us know, okay? The officer walked around to the other side of Mr. Darcy and opened the front doors of the station, holding it for him as he walked out. Oh, uh, Mr. Darcy, the cop called after him after a few steps. Do you want us to send a cleanup crew again? Some of the officers were complaining of like an insane level of chlorine in that pool, even after we drained, cleaned, and refilled it. It's not safe at all, and it probably stinks to high heavens. Oh, I can't smell chlorine. Never could, Mr. Darcy said with a <laughs> smile. <laughs> so, was the smell of chlorine simply the guilt of what he'd done bearing down upon Billy's poor young soul? Were the fantastic things that he saw and experienced simply his mind's way of dealing with the crushing desperation he felt to escape the consequences of his supposed crimes? Or was there something more at work to place Billy Green in a cell for the rest of his life for a crime he did not commit? What? Guilt is a powerful feeling that can, that can consume us whole, devour our very being, and spit out a shell of a person in return. Most of us deal with the crushing reality of guilt. We can smell the chlorine in the air, the smell of our own conscience burning in the acidity. Well, most of us. <clears throat> the end. No! No justice, no peace. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
It's just how oh, they do investigations. Was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. Oh, that was so good. Man, I love these, like, Twilight Zone, like, Black Mirror-type episodes. I had, to, I had to do the yeah. actual Rod Serling intro and outro this time. It felt <laughs> it felt needed. It felt natural. Well, Tencent Price is amazing. Just don't let him and Reese's get together. <laughs> Ten, Tencent Price, potential, potential scab? Yeah, well, we don't know for we sure. Don't we don't know, know for sure. <laughs> don't email Derek. He's getting real upset about it. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Fry! Yeah, <laughs> they called you a scab again. Again, send your emails to mclassemail.com. Yep. 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 Thank you to Vitizen for texting me when Josh, you and Josh were talking about too much chlorine in a pool driving a family yeah. nuts on M class. That I thought that would make a great spooky vision story. Oh, yeah. yeah. I kept thinking about the house with, that used to do that in town, and I'd ride my bike by and be like, Jesus Christ! Uh, just, as a, just as a proviso, Greg, you don't get a uh, credit for that. I, yeah, you get Greg, I gave him a writing credit. Uh-oh. Credits do that not include great. ownership of the show. True, 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 true. Everyone named Greg not it doesn't get any money. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's very specific. That seems targeted almost. No, great. In legal language. <laughs> yeah, that was great, dude. I love No, uh, that was so good. good. Yeah, they're so good. I think next time is when the more continuous story is going to return. Oh, I don't... You can keep doing that, dude. I, I'm going to interject one-offs along the way, of course, but... Mm. I just... I don't like that Mr. Darcy got away with it. Yep. He did it. What a piece of shit. Dads, man. Prob- what cunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dicks. Rich getting caught in some friendly fire right now. <laughs> not respecting their children, not looking after them right. Fucking dads. Ch- chopping them up and leaving them in a pool. Yeah, I was writing notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you gotta sell a few of those fireplaces and get yourself a pool. It's true, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Having Selling a pool in London. Places. In yeah. London. I'm in England? Not, in England, yeah. Like, that is yeah, a rarity. Not, not worth it, no. no. It's not even worth it to have a pool like where I live, it's, like, honestly. You fill up with rainwater all the time. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have to fill it up. It's true. Yeah, you wouldn't have to chlorinate it either, because rainwater had its acid in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Depending on where you're living, there's more... Yeah, London. <laughs> There's only one place in England I know about, and that's London. London town. <laughs> I know London Dairy as well. Sherwood Forest. Yep. I remember when I said Nottingham. Spiffy lives in the Black Country, and you were like, "Whoa, what is that about?" And I had to explain that the territory up north is called, in the Midlands, is called the Black Country. Is it because of the forest? I don't know why that's cool. It must be something to do with it's that. It's probably racist. Like, come on. Like, we know how Didn't... language works. Oh, it's where 30... It's where 30-foot coal seams come to the surface. That's why. Oh, okay. There you go. So it's all coal-related. You only have to worry when it's called, like, Devil's Mountain. Like, because, like, everything named that here here is, like, some, like, supernatural fucking, like, weird shit goes on. Yeah. Bigfoot. Cricket man. 
R.I.P. Cricket Man. Wendingo Man. When I was like, a beloved character returns in my story today, Josh immediately went, Cricket Man! Yeah. Yeah, Cricket Man. Cricket Man is a pile of dust on some old lady's, old dead lady's living room floor. I mean, mean, prove to me that Mr. Darcy isn't Cricket Man. I guess I have no proof of that. Yeah. There could be more than one Cricket Man. Yeah. We'll never know. Neither do the police. Never know. If the police were, you know what, I'm just going Im- to just admit what I was going to say because it's ridiculous and I answered my own question. Damn. Good, uh, good, uh, good story, Jeff. Good story. <laughs> yeah, great. Bad anecdote, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if the police like knew anything, which of course they, they don't. They wouldn't. They, they would just be like, oh, the kid just put the chlorine in it. That's why it smells like that. Yeah. Also. Case closed. Yeah, you know, yeah case closed. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. That evidence? Who needs evidence? <laughs> he admit He admit to it. He yeah. said he did it. He admitted, put, but he wouldn't have admitted, like, in a, in a, it, the way you hope the justice system If he works. didn't lose his mind, yeah, he yeah, would have been he, like, he oh, I just... The guilt, so he just kept yeah. saying, I killed her, I killed her. I, he would have been like, oh, I just put the chlorine in it. I didn't know about all this other shit. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened, and there was a happily ever after. That's not what happened. <laughs> oh, God. Why are you ruining my day, Jeff? That's what I do, baby. <laughs> it's on the 10 for spooky vision. Ruins your fucking day. <laughs> on the Pennington Crest. <laughs> Pennington. It should be. Ruins your day. <laughs> Ruins your fucking day. Uh, with that, we're going to close the cover yeah. on today's volume of stories. Uh, we need to bring out all C prompt ball, whatever the fuck we started calling it. It's here. It's here. Uh, rub that ball, please, Josh. Ear, 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 ear. Oh, realistic. Uh, the first one is Libraries by oh, Chase. Cool. Did we do libraries? I don't think we did. We did breweries. Oh, same thing. It's a type of rarey. It's a brewery for beer. Uh, that, yeah, that's uh, that what is it is. A, that is it. It's a library for beer. Uh, second, the food library. <laughs> second prompt, please. Ear, 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 ear. Oh, that's weird. Inns. By Spivsy. Uh, so... So we have to have two buildings? <laughs> yeah. Libraries and inns. What? There's not even two buildings in Darinos. <laughs> well, you better get building, bitch. Living cubes is what they call them <laughs> in farm town. <laughs> Rain catchers. <laughs> All right. So libraries and inns. Uh, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to reconcile the story I was thinking of doing with you that, but I guess I'll figure it out. Your, your prompts for next week are princesses and disasters. I don't know what Yeah, you got princesses and disasters, so you better not, not even try it. <laughs> it's not funny if I do it that time. It's funny if I do it a different time when you don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, that princesses and disasters is the series mulligan. If you can't do yeah. a, st- a story, you you can have a mulligan for Princess and <laughs> If you can't read Jeff's response because somebody puts a hot-ass picture of Christina Ricci up. <laughs> oh, well. 
that's a good get out. Um, I've already well, I've already used my mulligan accidentally, so <laughs> you're no the starter of it. Um, right. Uh, always a uh, big thanks to Greg Vidison for his music. Um, he's done a great job with the intro for this season. We absolutely love it. Um, so I think Nate said that he was going to animate an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, Nate bit. Check out N eight yeah. bit on art stuff. Amazing yeah. yep. art, great dude. Uh, he's just he, his animations are so funny to me. Like that one he did with the Technomats <laughs> doing the jazz. Yeah, that's so yeah. fucking funny. Constantly so in my head. Uh, but Nate said he was going to do a uh, potential. I mean, we're not holding you to this, Nate. All right. No, you so absolutely don't have to do your this. Mind. Uh, but he said he was going to uh, animate the opening because he was so uh, he loved the intro music so much. So there's a you know fantastic indictment of Greg's work. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to find out anything about Vidizen, his upcoming stuff, the music he's got out at the moment, his past uh, music, you can go to vidizen.card.co. That's card with two R's. Every time we say that, I'm like, is any of that stuff on there? <laughs> I yeah, don't maybe. know. I guess we'll find out, we'll or maybe we won't. He's never said it's not. Yeah. It does have links to things where he would be talking about that stuff. Perfect. That's that's what we need. Any, that's all. You can find yeah. out all the information about him, uh, social security number, inside leg measurement, wow. which way he dresses. Which uh, way he dresses, that's right. Uh, on <laughs> vidizen.card.co. If you want it's to find left. Out <laughs> it's left and right. Oh, Whoa, shit. Sir Chodlius. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find out anything about our show, you can go to storylords.card.co as well. Um, so there's lots of stuff on there about the past episodes, the episode art, etc. Um, <laughs> now, if you want to do your lordly duty as story squires and suggest prompts to the prompt, all prompt ball... Um, then you can head over ear, to patreon.com slash storylords and for as little as $5 a month you can join our super cool discord read our stories uh, suggest prompts am I still one behind? I think you put seven up didn't you Jeff? I don't fucking know yeah <laughs> um, I like all prompt ball is the official name though all prompt ball I like that uh, for $10, you get access to Redesign by Committee. We promise we will record one soon because we are overdue. We know that. Uh, where we redesign an existing IP and talk about it and invariably insult J.J. Abrams and wish the Star Wars sequels didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> if you like the Star Wars sequels, then still give us money, though. I don't know for oh, yeah. what, but do yeah. it. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that. I know we've done Star Wars, but maybe we should just get it out of our system and do the Star Wars sequels. If if you give us a lot of money on Patreon oh, yeah. and um, we make fun of Star Wars, it'll make me feel really guilty. <laughs> yeah, you'll make him feel really bad if you love the Star Wars sequels. I will feel so guilty... I won't even know what to do. If yeah. you give, if you give us enough money, we'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, forever? Yeah, like we're, forever. We'll just go home and play bonk. <laughs> I'm upgrading. Uh, the super I'm gonna bonk, play baby. super bonk. <laughs> if you dress on both sides, you have to play super bonk. <laughs> That's a two hander. 
Um, for $20, you get all that, the PDF of our upcoming book, and creator credits in the book itself. We won't say anything more We're about that at the moment. We're going to have to do that got to start point. thinking about that. Um, it is literally less than the cost of a cup of coffee per month to support us. Now, we've lost a few uh, patrons recently. I completely understand that. It, there is a cost of living crisis going on, but we need replacements, people. Yeah, we the cost of living crisis is going on at my house right yeah. now. Please help yeah. me. Yeah, me too. Um, how will we be able to afford to eat, to heat all seven fireplaces? Um, <laughs> oh my god. Buy, my new in ground pool. To buy a Lego ghost. How Look, will we be able to do that? I'm running extremely low on ramen no. noodles. Please yes. help me. <laughs> yes. Um, so, if you want any other info on the show, as I said, you can head to storylords.card.co. Um, the next prompts for next week are libraries and inns. So that is about <laughs> all that we have to say. Do um, go and support my good friend Jeff Pennington at jeffpennington.art. Uh, you can go and get commission from him. You can go get details of how to contact him and why would anyone want the works? Why, why, why would anyone want the? Because you're great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm really fucking good at art. Because yeah. you're great, you, really you fucking me, idiot. You really fucking me, hit me up, dog. I'll make whatever you want. Well, wink. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe everything. Maybe everything. Uh, there are things I won't do. Okay. I mean, I won't kiss on the mouth, but... No, especially not in the first <laughs> What? He'll kiss on the butt mouth. Yeah, that's... Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. It's too intimate. Yeah. We're good still. <laughs> it's like, he's like Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah, Pretty Woman. And I'm like Richard Gere. I put gerbils in my butt. Mm. Hey, whatever, like... you, whatever gets you off, buddy. As long as you got the cash. <laughs> Whatever gets me fired, buddy. That's the uh, secret 420 patron tier. Gerbil up the butt. <laughs> ear, ear, ear. <laughs> you have to um, guess which one of us has the gerbil up their ass during an episode. Wow. It's like, oh, it's not me. <laughs> three card Monty, but with a gerbil and buttholes. <laughs> it's, it's the shell game, but it's called the gerbil game. <laughs> um, anything else we want to say before we go? No. Mm, vagina, dick, poopy, pee-pee, caca. Oh, excellent. What a way Lake to titty caca. <laughs> um, we'll be back in two weeks to tell you wonderful, humorous stories about libraries and inns. Certainly Thank looking you, forward Rich. to that one. Two buildings, cool. <laughs> Maybe one. I know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> a a librarian. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I got this. I got this. Uh, thank you for all your support. We really appreciate it. Go be a patron if you can. We'd really appreciate that too. Uh, you'd be helping us live. Uh, and we will see you in two weeks. Love you all. Bye bye. I love you more. I love you the most. <laughs>